0: This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash GOT for your free audiobook download. Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 5 episode 6 entitled Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken. Unbelievable. <laughs> Was it? Uh, what do you think? Unbreakable? Uh
1: no, I I liked about half of this episode. And I half thought half of
0: it. Ooh, that's not much.
1: And I thought about half of the episode or and, and a quarter of the episode is just a real mess. Uh, mostly the stuff happening hmm. in Dorne and then uh, you know, there's a lot to say about the stuff happening up north. Um, anytime there is a rape featured on my show, the feedback is just incredibly depressing. OK, um,
0: the the show itself kind of incredibly depressing. But yeah.
1: And then like, you know, people's takes on it and stuff. And I'm like, you know, this is the fifth season. I'm not going to go into a lot of the stuff I didn't like about it. Um, but I'm I'm going to try to break it down into like I think there's four points of view. On that, uh, on that uh, scene, and then I selected, hmm. like, one email from from each category to kind of represent. Because that's the other thing. is like, I got double the email this episode that I had the previous episode, which is already way too damn
0: much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you know? Wow. If, if you don't get your email read, I feel bad for you, son. But I got 99 emails, and I can't <laughs> read every one. So uh but but a lot of them are the same thing it's a lot of uh dorn sucked and here's why and you know sansa's rape was a travesty sansa's rape was disgraceful sansa's rape wasn't that bad you guys need to get over the whole rape so that can all be condensed compressed efficiently you don't need to be piper to compress that
0: feedback down to a few representative bits i feel like saying i liked about half of this episode is saying it's one of the worst game of thrones episodes well, I mean <laughs> Right. I'm, yeah. How I'm, often do you think I dis- I didn't like any of that Game of Thrones episode? I've never
1: thought that. There there you go. So half is a uh a, a, an appreciable you're right, it's it's not a majority, it's uh it's half.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I Whatever. Don't I, I don't have the all the same problems that you have about this episode. Uh I, dimmy or, hate the, or I don't think I did hate
1: this episode.
0: Or is it him hate? I don't know.
1: The, Demi, himmy.
0: Bro. Yeah. It's, uh, your hate has a hemi in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do want to talk briefly, before we get into this, uh, about the previously on. Okay. Because, you know, Blast from the Past comes back here with, uh, I guess his name's Gior. Yeah. Like Eeyore. Eeyore Mormon. Sure. Uh, Jorah's dad. I, I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. no It's what, season two? Not since the
1: fookin' legend of Jin Ali pinned a tail on his
0: ass. Your style. Or was that season three? It might have been season three. Either way, it's been a couple of years yeah. now. Um, so it was good to see, you know, them them giving us a reminder of who he is before they give the big reveal to Jorah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other thing I noticed is, man, Tyrion looks so much different now. Real, I, so I much different.
1: Season one Tyrion, which was a good Tyrion. I thought sure. he was a really solid yeah. Tyrion, but his essential Tyrion nature, it's like uh, a good bourbon. Just sits in a barrel and starts <laughs> evaporating. He just aged. gets more. Yeah. You, sh- you shove the dwarf in a crate. You ship him across <laughs> a continent and a sea, uh-huh. and he just essential impness. Yeah, c- consolidates. It distills. It distills. It distills down into. There's the a word for that. You're right.
0: Yeah, yeah. The quintessential Tyrion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, so that the devil's was just cut.
1: we're getting the devil's cut of Tyrion <laughs> right now. They squeeze it right from the wood.
0: Ugh. Let's talk about who made this, and then we'll get into the recap. Uh, Same as last week. It's Jeremy Podeswa
1: and Mm -hmm. Brian Cogman. Um, I wonder if some of the weakness of this episode is from Jeremy's lack of action experience. Mm. Um, Yeah. You know, he's directed some episodes of The Pacific, which is that World War II um, Pacific theater I've never seen it seen either. That. You know, yeah. I love Band of Brothers. I always wanted to get around to that. I never got to see it. So mm-hmm. I assumed there was action like, you know, every <laughs> yeah, Band of Brothers episode so. had one action set piece. I don't know, but like you see a lot of, you know, 6 Feet Under, Queer as Folk, uh, uh-huh. uh stuff that is is more character driven um and less action oriented because uh-huh. You know, a lot of things I didn't like about Dorne – well, there's – anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But oh, yeah. That's one one thing I was wondering if there was um, a directorial-style misfit. And also, hmm. I found out that they only had access to this water garden set for, like, one week of filming because it's some really? kind of World Heritage site or – I didn't get all the details of what it was, but I wonder if the complexity of trying to get everything done in a very, very compressed amount of time also led to some of they just did the best they could and tried to hmm. save it with editing. I could don't know. be, yeah. Lots of weird that. editing in this episode, too. Like, I don't know. Maybe I, I, this hmm. happens in a lot of episodes, and because I like this less, the flaws are more visible, but could there's be. a lot of
0: weird editing choices I'll talk about, too. All right, yeah. Point those out when we get to them, because I'm not sure I'm I'm following you there other than that one scene okay uh all right let's t- start with the recap um we we're at the house of black and white aria is preparing another corpse for whatever they're doing with them at that time we don't know uh corpse removal crew leaves the door slightly open and when aria creeps up to it she is caught by this horrible other girl uh who wants to play the game of faces with her or, or Arya wants to play the game of faces again and she lies to her about her past or does she she then asks Arya if she was lying, and Arya is uh, confused by that. It's a good, good, good week for Watts on television today. <laughs> what? And what and so he, uh, she tells her, "Get back to work." Gus frings her. In. Gus frings her out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, well, there are worse ways to Gus fring someone. So <laughs> she got off easy, I think. The a partial fringing. Yeah, she winged, he winged her with her fring. I just wonder how many people she's washed. Like it's, it doesn't wash. Todge seem... was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they, they just bring them in one after the other. Like, it's a never-ending yeah. string of corpses coming in there. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really see a lot of empty spots in the the pillar room yeah so I'm wondering like what do they do, do There's they a get lot of an overflow of corpses a lot of people, people asking they... questions
1: in the feedback, and we'll see what see what we make of it. oh okay, um, so I know she bitches a lot about having to wash the corpses, but I thought when they're actually showing her um going about it that she is getting kind of into the solemnness of it and the yeah. peacefulness and the reflectiveness of it, yeah, like it's almost a meditation, sure. It, it... I
0: think that's the purpose of it. Sure, for, um, for just, just like just... sweeping the floor. You know, now, you, you said this girl's horrible. Why do you think she's? Why I just thought that's interesting. Uh, the, the game of faces stuff. Uh-huh. Um, in in a way, I think Jackin is horrible. I I understand she's trying to teach her the same lesson, mm-hmm. but it felt like she wasn't. That was not her place to teach her that lesson, mm. and that Jackin was kind of mad about that. Right. Um. The first time they tried it. Yeah. I don't know. I think. One of the things I think
1: is interesting in both the books and the television show is the faceless men culture. Like, okay. it's really, really interesting in, like, almost a, a, in, in a from a religious point of view, from a just a badass assassin point of view, from a philosophical point of view, from just some of the rituals and routines. I think it's, it's really interesting. And I think the show is doing a really good job of capturing that kind of sense of. I, wonder is is the wrong word like wonder is kind of like when you see the dinosaurs for the first time of on jurassic park what's if you take wonder and you mix it with a little horror what do you get hmm like dread awe i don't know like it's 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 almost lovecraftian and i think they're doing a really good job of setting uh
0: of, of putting us in that mindset i think dread's a pretty good word for it it's uh certainly horrific when she walks in that room mm-hmm. for the first time but it's an interesting kind of dread yeah yeah i'm i'm enjoying it uh, yeah it's it's also very confusing if they weren't to uh reveal that this episode i thought you know okay more of the faceless men playing the face game mm-hmm. why what does it all mean i and felt like it was it hit the right spot between um Continuing to build its themes
1: and put emphasis on stuff, but also moving to the plot a little forward. Yeah,
0: if they hadn't moved at all this episode, I would have been really bummed by that.
1: Uh, Honestly, I thought that, you know, some of the stuff we're going to talk about later on with her trying to play the name game. I thought that was really interesting, too.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it now, because it's the next scene. Is it? I thought we got the... Oh, yeah, you're right. No, uh, Jackie just comes in, wakes her up, and they play the name game, the face game.
1: The interesting thing about here is the... I thought I thought it was interesting how some of the lies she told, I think, were just the kind of lies you tell when you try to hastily recollect something. You know, it's mm. like, oh, which bandit did? It was a polymer, was okay. it Polliver or was it this other asshole? But then the one thing about hating the Hound, I mean, that, that seemed obvious from a show watcher. Like, there's more to their relationship than her hating him.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean... There's
1: some respect, there's some camaraderie, there's some empathy... It's much more complex than just, I hate the Hound.
0: It definitely. And I, I mean, and obviously knows that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he I don't know how he knows that. I don't know um, And that's supposed to be ambiguous, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy knows so much. Maybe he was, you know, uh, maybe he took the face of a mountain or something and <laughs> yeah. went and watched them during their fight and along the road. Right. Who knows? Yeah.
1: Um, it's kind of like, I, I don't know whether this is going to be like a Return of the Jedi situation or, you know, a Star Wars situation where you meet the Jedi and it's all kind of like, you don't need to see these droids and lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And but then you meet Yoda and he's lifting ships out of swamps and then you get to the prequels and they're doing, you know, pulling starter stories out of orbit and shit like that. I don't know what the limits of these guys' powers are. And also, yeah. is it the same as like what Melisandre said last year? where She noted that her it seems like the red priest powers are increasing since the dragons came back is
2: hmm. if
1: they're if, to what extent their f- powers are fueled by magic is it getting stronger or are they becoming a more powerful faction i think those are all kind of cool questions to ponder
0: yeah it's interesting um, i guess let's move on to tyrion also the statement of we never stop playing um, I think that's another interesting
1: sure. cultural aspect of them, too.
0: Yeah, is he applying that to the Faceless Men, or is he applying that to the world at large? Exactly. L- to life, you know? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. All those, I don't know. Okay. And, like, is that something to where... Are they ever authentic with each other? Is like, do you get to the top level of Scientology or OT8? Uh-huh. And there's like, okay, just kidding about all this, this stuff. This it's like, really just making money. Yeah. Um, or is it just always like you, like, is there anyone that knows who jacken really is in the Faceless Men organization? Is there a leader? Is he the leader? All good questions. I uh, Yeah, none I, of
0: which we have answers to. <laughs> I, I,
1: it's all all fascinating. Love mildly everything.
0: mildly interesting. This, this is
1: all <laughs> insanely mildly interesting, and uh, <laughs> everything happening in Bravos is is really good. Solid gold yeah, for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, we go to Tyrion and uh, Jorah. Tyrion's hungry. He's annoyed with this whole situation. He tells Jorah uh, why he was in Volantis and also um, that he killed his father. And yep. then he tells Jorah also, your father's dead, because uh, I saw him at the wall and uh Jorah didn't know. And he didn't know how it happened either. So he Yeah. Tells him in.
1: And I thought uh Ian Glenn's acting was just off the charts on this show. Um, I'm assuming that's Jorah. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he heard good. like the how of his father dying. Yeah. And it's, like, he's struggling, like, there's a scene of him, and it's just, like, five seconds of him struggling to put this into context, and then you kind of see something click, and he's like, yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah, like, maybe he's too honorable of a man for the Night's Watch with all these thieves and murderers and rapists. Like, I I felt like there was something going on in his head where it made sense. Okay.
1: Yeah. And you don't know everything, but it's just a really cool performance, because it's like, you know, what is he thinking? Like, what if I would taken the black? And if I... Because that's the Mm. thing instead of instead of taking his punishment or accepting the Black, he chose to go in exile and yeah. run from justice. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's another facet of his guilt complex. That Like it, maybe he could have been there to help his father if he had... Or, I mean, one of the reasons his father took the Black, I believe, is because Jorah disgraced the family. And he took that as kind of like a substitute, mm. like an honor type of punishment. Okay. Um, or it could have been he'd been there all the time. Either way... If he'd have taken a black, his father wouldn't have to, so okay. he would still be alive. Or if yeah. he'd taken the black with his father, maybe he could have been his right hand man mm-hmm. and protected him. But I thought there's a lot going on there, and and a really, yeah, I
0: don't remember enough about Jor's story, yeah, to to really tell you.
1: But excellent use of uh, Jorah's weather beaten face.
0: Sure, and it's not the the last time this episode. Yeah. Uh, there's a sick girl who is brought into the house of black and white, and her father pleads with her, um, with with uh, Arya to end the girl's suffering, and so Arya lies to her about the healing powers of the well, has her drink from it, yeah, and then of course we know what happens. She's sure. washing the girl's corpse. Yeah, uh, Jack and leads her through the door and into this enormous room full of pillars covered in faces. Yep. It is a scary room. It is man. the mini faced God. <laughs> it is. I. Uh, this was a freaky scene. Did you think, I, I, like, as she's staring at these faces, I'm going, please don't let that face open its eyes. I. That's right, the last fucking thing I want to see tonight.
1: <laughs> I kind of, you know, it kind of went down as it does in the book, but there's okay. enough of this show kind of doing some other subtle touches that I was kind of the same place. It's like I don't know if I can handle it. If this old woman face opens her eyes or yeah. does some kind of Pee Wee Herman big adventure, <laughs> you know, um, sure, I, d- I don't know, but it was it was really good. It mm-hmm. you know I talked about it on Instant Cast, so it kind of threw me that Arya coercing this woman, this this girl, the sick girl into. She had a nice face. She
0: wanted it. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, you got a cute face, girl. I'm a. I, I want your face. So. It's a sick face. Here, drink this water. It's a sick face. Well. You that die that with all the goes face. away in death. You know? I don't know if that's
1: true. <laughs> I don't know if uh, poor Shireen gets her face lifted if uh, the dragon scale comes off. But huh. anyway, um, but I was thinking about it. You said that she lied. And I wonder if they're trying to make a point that this is like exactly the kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi lying that the faceless men enjoy Tell as Tell them a sport. what they, they need to hear. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like like <laughs> – what does it mean? Because she didn't say I drunk from this well and I was healed. Mm-hmm. She said I drunk of the many face God's water. And Arya certainly had plenty of experience with death. She's had arguably as much experience with death as anyone. So she's, if if mm-hmm. you look at death and and the many face God's gift and death all in like a symbolic way, then I don't know that she is lying. Okay. Again, it's you got to do a certain point of view, and yeah, you've got yeah. a twin sister, mm-hmm. and you kissed her <laughs> last movie, and you kind of fucked up. Luke, we're gonna pretend. if if you take it from that point of view, yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of defensible.
0: Okay, I mean, I think it's defensible either way. You know, I'm, you're right. Th- this girl is not getting healed. Apparently, yeah. Um, I, th- her father's coming to this place as a last resort. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, don't know that he's looking for a cure necessarily, but just to help her out of her misery.
1: And it could be that like, you know, cause ultimately the faceless men are like religious fanatics. It seems like, so yeah. I wonder, you know, if, if they're all about making sure men get the gift that's coming to them, maybe they don't care about how they take it. Maybe you can tell a few white lies or twist some arms or, I mean, obviously they assassinate people that don't want to die. Yeah. So it could be that i misread their culture.
0: Okay. We'll see. Um, there's also a line here at the end about her not being ready to become no one, but she is ready to become someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me think that maybe there is another layer to this, like I talked about in the instant cast. Uh, I I still don't see where that goes, though. You know, I like, I, I can't tell if this other girl who is walking around here is behind or in front of Arya in this progression. Like, has this other girl become someone else and then... Surpassed that and become no one, and is now just the servant of, uh, of this cult. I'll call it. Sure. Um. Or is she being surpassed by Arya here? Yeah, and it's interesting because it's hard to say with
1: they're not knowing anything about the power structure. I mean, Jack and Hagar is what you'd call a field agent, right? He was sure. out there fucking around in Westeros. Is he no one or is he someone else? But he's also part of the trainee squad. Yeah. Or. Is that really Jackin and it's just a different dude wearing a face that he knows Ari? I mean, like, there's these questions right. are all on You're the right. table. Once is that start, old
0: black man wearing Jackin's face now? Yeah. What like, is it?
1: Who is, again, that's one of the, I think, core conceits of the faceless men. Who are the faceless men? Do they even know? Like, is so it of more could, of a Borg type deal where it's like, hey. Yeah,
0: become no one in the sense that they're one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Could be. Anyway. Who knows? Anyway, Tyrion and Jorah continue to walk um, toward the, <laughs> I, I guess, just across the country here. Yeah. They got a long way to go. I yeah. mean, g- given the map size and where they were right outside of Valyria, they have a lot of walking to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tyrion asked why Jorah is taking him to Danny and he says it's because he saw her walk out of fire with dragons. You know, that'll, that'll change you. While they talk about the possible outcome of Dany as queen, they spot a pirate ship and get jumped by them, and they're they're going to kill Tyrion, and they're going to put Jorah in the salt mines, but Tyrion buys himself some time and convinces them to put Jorah in the fighting pits instead.
1: Yeah, there was a lot going on in this scene. Um, mm-hmm. I liked, again, enjoying a Syrian essentially reciting lines from her last podcast about Daenerys. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's another thing I I really love about Game of Thrones. You know, a lot of works get bleak and you think, man, I don't see how they're going to get a happy ending out of this. Mm -hmm. But I expect a happy ending will come. And there's a lot of works that have shocked me and how bleak they ended up being. And they kind of confounded my expectations, kind of like, you know, Braveheart. Braveheart, you expect his men to come in and save him at the last minute. He doesn't. Ultimately, it serves a greater good. I guess it's a happy ending, but it's like, mm-hmm. that's the first kind of like gut punch I experienced as a moviegoer. But Game of Thrones is the first one where I've actually given serious thought well before the book is over about like, this might just be a tale of evil. Sure. You know? Sure.
0: With all of the the killings that have gone on for what we view as righteous people, uh, at the very least, George Martin enjoys fucking with us. Sure. Uh, at the other end of that spectrum, it could literally just be a tale that is very, very dark. Right. Uh, anyway, but all this, I don't know that that's any less enjoyable necessarily. You know, it's certainly not the feel good ending, but, but I think the journey, if, if the journey truly is the most enjoyable part or the most meaningful part of something, I think that journey could be amazing. I agree. And equally valid. You know? No, I agree. And also, there's just a the novelty of it, this big, fat, vast fa-
1: fantasy world that's ostensibly good versus evil that's subverted. Okay. So, I think it's uh, super interesting. Uh, you don't – where uh, – are you still
0: bothered by the cock merchant? I'm – I'm bothered by the idea that there is such a thing as a cock merchant. Would it surprise you that we have considered feedback considering the economics of cock merchant? No, our audience would not. I would not be surprised by that. Not at all. Well, you won't be disappointed. Perfect. I can't wait to hear about it. Uh,
1: (laughs) I tell you, from this setup, though, I'm really hoping we see some badass Jorah later on in the season.
0: So, yeah, I want to talk about Jorah. I would love to see him in the fighting pits. Uh, That would be awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing though that you really notice here in this scene is when he's told that the fighting pits have been reopened. Yeah. There there's a look on his face that mm-hmm. is a look of disillusionment. Is what I would call it. Like, sure. Really Danny opened the fighting pits back up? Yeah. Yeah. That does not seem like the Danny that he knows. Yeah. And you can see that all over his face. Or it could
1: be also you know, because the slavers are openly like, well, of course they're doing slavery now because the fighting pits are open. I've never heard of a free man wanting to fight to death. Uh-huh. Which is an he interesting... He thinks
0: that she's just made slavery legal again?
1: Yeah, which is an interesting counterpoint to Dario's. Like, ah, yeah, I, I would go into fighting pits. I'd fight uh, as a free man. Um, it's sure. like the slavers' perspective on it. Uh-huh. Um, but I also thought that there was something in there of Jorah, like, hatching this plan... Like this doesn't seem like Daenerys. there must be more of this story.
0: I got to get myself to Slaver's Bay. Okay. And, and then he responds finally when when Tyrion uh yeah. kind of lays it out there. Like these guys him the softball.
1: I mean what 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 do you think happens? These guys sail into the port of Marine and they're trying to sell slaves. Do they all get arrested? Did the Unsullied uh take him into custody? Uh is there an underground slave ring still running? Like these are all again interesting mild
0: interesting questions. Yeah, no that that's a super interesting question. I think um if it depends on who's really controlling the ports and the whole situation in Marine when they finally get there cuz they have to sail for a little while. Uh Marine is kind of up in the air at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the Sons of the Harpies. If they're if they're the ones that kind of control the landscape uh when they arrive, then I could see it not being a problem. Right. If Danny controls it and the Unsullied are the ones controlling the ports and stuff, then yeah, that could totally be a problem. Although I, I imagine what they would do is they would take the slave, set him free, yeah, not knowing that it's Tyrion and Jorah probably, right. uh, and then they would go about their business. I wonder if that's what try to get to Danny. I wonder if that's what
1: Jorah is kind of counting on. Could be that yeah. he take th- me th- to bring. They must mis- <laughs> be misunderstanding what's going on here. Yeah, well, you're right. Maybe. First step is like you know th- this is the one time in life it's acceptable to have a step one get the marine step two question question <laughs> because the alternative uh, is step two get spend killed. the rest of your life on this on a gallery until you can't row no more and then you get your throat slit and thrown overboard so yeah. and they pull your cock off yeah. and sell it <laughs> uh, pull it off really that's sure why not it's not mint condition if it's sliced you have to just pull it right off huh well it, you know it's up to the buyer like, like a really. skin
0: tag you just yeah grip it and rip it. All right, Littlefinger arrives in King's Landing, and he's confronted by Lancel, who threatens him but lets him go because, you know, he's been requested by the Queen and all that really stuff.
1: Really impressed with the swag the Littlefinger has here.
0: Yeah, yeah, given—I I mean, he's got to know when Lancel comes up and says, oh, we've basically shut down your whole operation, that he could be in trouble here. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, I'm here to see the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, like, his smile never wavered. Mm-hmm. He had two
1: dudes— but they weren't armed much better than the no. Faith Militant. I, I don't think they could have taken all those guys. Like, it's one thing if five Kingsguardmen go in there and clean house. Like, sure, I, I think they could take on 30 of those guys. But yeah. these, this was this was overwhelming odds, and Littlefinger just pers- basically uh, had his swag on, had his YOLO working for him. and That's Littlefinger, man. He, yeah, he's climbing it's that ra- ladder
0: of chaos. Yep, Keep, keep climbing, Littlefinger. I, I really, really desperately want to see... Someone squashed these guys. These Little sp- I will, Oh, I, Yeah, I mean, Littlefinger's guards could squash him. The mm. King's guard could squash him. Whatever. I just want to see these guys squashed.
1: Braun Bron needs to come back, be reinstated as Lord or Commander of the Gold Cloaks, and just clean house, like Roadhouse right. style. I would love that, yeah. He's the
0: Patrick Swayze. Uh, <laughs> he's I, the cooler. I am really curious if Littlefinger can stay out of trouble, though, because... So many of his interests in King's Landing have been destroyed. Uh, I, I realize he's got a bigger play going. Yeah. Um. But I, man, that one's iffy as well. I spent a lot of time l- last night thinking about
1: this from like a three hundred sixty degree po- review kind of angle. Like, okay. Th- it seems like all of his allies. He's got the the Lords of the Vale. He's got the Boltons, and he's got the l- Lannisters. And they all think that he's loyal. They're loyal to their interests. And I was trying to think that would he survive, like if the Bolton sent Ravens to the Lords of the Vale saying uh, he gave us uh, Lady Sansa to our rapist murderer son. Would that affect Lord of the? Or would they assume that's a lie. Would the Lords of the Vale listen to Cersei if she sent a Raven, mm-hmm. and vice versa? And I, I, I it almost seems like. He's engineered this to where none of the none of the sides of the triangle would necessarily believe hmm. a message from the other two sides. They all have vested reasons to think that would be a lie, that they oh, were sure. trying to bust up the alliance for no good reason, which is kind of brilliant. Yeah. I mean Littlefinger's
0: plans typically
1: are. Right. They work for a reason. I mean it it's I mean the only thing that kinda of is like a weakness of that theory is because it seems like <sighs> I'm, as a show watcher and a book reader, I see Littlefinger as this massive traitor. He mm-hmm. is like the the Genghis Khan figure that is like, hey, open up your city gates and yeah. we'll let you all live. Mm-hmm. JK, LOL, all, all all your dudes over the age of 12 get your heads caught off. Yeah. And I will do that for every city that I come into conquest with. Mm-hmm. And nobody will find out because I've killed them all. Sure. Um, but I don't know what his reputation in the realm is. Like...
0: It's tough to say because I, I no like one I,
1: knows that he killed Joffrey except for maybe Lady Olena. And I wonder Yeah, potentially. I wonder if the Tyrells are going to be his undoing
0: here. Maybe. Maybe. I mean they have be- concerns of their own. They they may come to him and say, help us out with this somehow. Yeah. Yeah. because um, I I don't know, man. I mean, the the Tyrells are in a tough spot here. A real tough spot. And I think it's all Cersei's doing. Uh even more so than the obvious stuff yeah. that we've been shown.
1: The only real weakness Littlefinger's play has had so far is trusting in Sansa not to rat him out at the veil, but she mm-hmm. did. She backed his play. So I, I just feel like his cover is airtight with everyone.
0: And trusting her to go along with this marriage. I mean, that. But I don't Jesus, think. Jesus, when he explained that to her, she was like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. Sure. This is offensive on every level to me. On the other hand, I don't know it would have made a difference if she said no. He would have just taken
1: her to Winterfell anyway. That was a that that was a you know his his best case is she goes along with it willingly for whatever purpose. Mm -hmm. Worst case, she says no, and he's like, "Well, I was
0: lying about the whole taking it back to the Vale thing." So, you know, I we yeah, but I I don't know. I, I mean, I suppose they could force her to marry Ramsay. Of course, they could, but not if she's willing to die. Well, I mean, that's the
1: you know you're getting into Princess Bride territory. I wouldn't know. I I know. God god <laughs> God knows I know that you don't know okay. anything about Princess Bride.
0: Anyway, yeah. You're the I'm...
1: last person alive. I just heard that the, the the last native in the Congo has has seen the Princess Bride. You're you're officially the last person. Yeah. One out of seven billion. <laughs> Unique.
0: I'm a special uh snowflake. Anyway.
1: <laughs> just like everyone else. Let's
0: let's talk about this in more depth in the next okay. scene. Because Littlefinger and Cersei are talking about this situation at King's Landing. And she basically asks him, will the Vale fight for me if, you know, Stannis comes down here, if uh, the Boltons give me a problem? And he says, yeah, yeah, I've got, well, kind of. He says, I have control over Robin, Mm -hmm. which is not exactly a yes, we will fight for you sort of thing. Sure. It's a, he will do what I tell him to do. Yeah. Uh, Who knows what he's going to tell Robin to do, but it might not help Cersei. Uh, Littlefinger then tells her that Sansa's alive in Winterfell, and Cersei wants her head, and says, uh, "Let's go get it." He promises to if um, she waits for Roose and Stannis to do their thing up there, and then mops mops up and Which makes him s- Warden of the North. A solid strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, if I he mean, that's, comes that's, in, that's anybody who's in. played a game of Risk right. can tell you that that's how it goes. Right? Yeah. You wait for two two forces to clash, and you go in and mop up.
1: You turtle up in Australia. You do. Yeah. You wait <laughs> till the two superpowers duke it out, and then but not you bust. too long,
0: because if anybody takes North America, it's you're all screwed over, over right? Yeah.
1: But you just bide your time, you save your reinforcement cards, <laughs> and then you 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 bust out. You do bust out through New Zealand, and it's it's all over.
0: Yeah. Land war in Asia.
1: <laughs> it's always always <laughs> to make a Princess Bride reference. Oh, oh! You are going to drop Princess Bride reference now,
0: <laughs> asshole. How do you feel about Littlefinger potentially taking Ned's position? As is that offensive? Is that super offensive to you, man? So Ned was such an honorable guy. I,
1: that's the thing. Like I was a Stark loyalist from season one before I would read the books and. It's it continually takes my breath away how much fuckery the Starks have to endure at every level. <laughs> yeah. Um it just no keeps on getting their teeth kicked in. It's it's so I if, if I'm being honest, I'd rather Littlefinger sit on the Lord's seat in Winterfell than goddamn Roose Bolton. Sure. Or fucking Ramsey Snow Ramsey Bolton. Bolton, man. Yeah. Well I call him Snow he, Snow. He
0: Snow Bolton. Snow Bolton. <laughs>
1: Bolton Snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, so I guess, like, you know, it's a, it's the a classic lesser of two evils, lesser of two assholes. Okay. But uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, he's just such a a plotting, um, I don't know, Weasley character that I don't feel right with him taking Ned's position. But, I mean,
1: that's a news, you know. but this is a new plot point. The fact that, uh, you know, so Stannis thinks he can take Winterfell because he's got the advantage, but it does sound like it's a near thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Littlefinger riding right, right into the Knights in the Veil, vale, which he tellingly says have been trained to fight into ice and the snow, um, is a big game changer. Like, I don't see yeah. how he stopped. Whether no, Sansa lives, dies, or whatever, he's in a position to spin that in to his maximum advantage. That yeah. it seems like once he does that, uh, unless Sansa is, dies in the attempt and he does just put her head on a spike, I don't know how he keeps his alliance with the Lannisters. But at that point... You know we talked about it if you own the vale <laughs> if you own the east mm-hmm. and you own the north and he's got Harrenhal too which is one of the richest holdings of the west mm-hmm. like other than Castle rock and high garden and sunspear and king's landing which is you know
0: i i, I think he's just he's in game over territory at that point it's it's I, super interesting the way that this he's come to this position in a very roundabout way you know and that's yes. little finger for you yes he 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 maneuvers all the pieces into his favor without people really even noticing. I don't even Uh, know. We we had a good email that
1: I don't want to step on the toes too much, but I think it's even... When he talked about climbing the ladder of chaos, I don't think he plans in the way that we've attributed these plans to him. I think he does things that destabilize the people in power and that he relies on his own quick thinking and connections to hmm. step over another rung. Like, I don't think he intended to... You know, have Ned Stark come to King's Landing, find out the 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 Lannisters were a bunch of incest babies,
0: and then get yeah. his head cut off. N- no, I I mean, obviously he has you know his birds out there, or whatever, yeah. uh, listening and well, that's, that's, that Varys? that's 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 Varys, yeah. Uh, but you know, he's connected to the information pipelines. He's got his whores, <laughs> yeah. His his sure, um, but y- okay, I I buy that in that he kind of wings it from plot to plot but he does plot too i mean he definitely arranges pieces on the board he knows what he's doing at certain times it's not like he's just going oh i found sansa stark will i don't know travel to the Vale." i don't i think he's got an obvious plan when he's doing these things like taking sansa to winterfell there's a plan there right yeah but taking her to the veil vale was a gamble like, there was no it way is. for him and to he predict get, he that. He does gamble, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he said
1: that himself, of course. So he, he's, he wanted to take it to the Vale to see what would happen. I mean, that that's the biggest and most obvious risk I can think he took in the series. Like, trying to, you know, pass her off as his illegitimate daughter. When that ruse fell through, then I don't know. But I, yeah, so I'm trying I'm, to figure I'm out why sure he I killed I Joffrey. I'm not sure I agree with you that he has a organized plan, I think it's more that he just, like, pours gasoline on fires and then has a monopoly on fire extinguishers or whatever. Like, you know. Hmm. As long as every—and I, and I wonder if he'll also— So though, does,
0: that implies that he doesn't have a goal either.
1: I think he has a goal, but I also think that if once he starts getting to higher and higher in the rungs of power, if he'll start to be a little bit more cautious— because when you're down, when you're just the, you know, one of the lesser lords of a lesser holding, mm-hmm. every move you make, like win, lose, or draw, you're going to have good odds in moving up. Yeah. But once you have half a Westeros, don't you have to start being careful? Um, can you still unless, make those big all chips? He, the more chips you got, the harder it is to push them all in. I wonder if that'll be eventually some kind of weakness that's exploited.
0: Yeah, but you can also use all those chips to bully people, you know, yeah. push them in, scare people, uh you know, power kind of begets more power in some ways too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I just like how he's kind of backdooring into the most powerful person in Westeros. Yeah. Uh, militarily at least. Um, I think that's very interesting when you contrast it with people who have a rightful quote unquote claim to the throne. Um, like Danny, Danny, you know, is is kind of looking at this traditionally, I'm going to walk into King's Landing. I'm going to kick down the door and I'm going to be the queen. Um, it makes you s- wonder. Same with Stannis. I'm going to kick down the door. I'm going to be the king.
1: It makes you wonder. Like, after this week's episode, I don't think it's possible that Stannis wins. I kind of was entertaining that idea that maybe he would be able to u- unite the North. Um, but with this. But, uh, but, unless unless Littlefinger doesn't follow through with this thread, it seems like whatever force survives at Winterfell is going to be crushed by
0: Littlefinger, Littlefinger's forces. And it makes me wonder. But what does John. Jon Snow is going to play a part in this. Jon Snow going north with Tormund, bringing troops down, 60,000 uh-huh. or so. True, yeah. Is what he said? Yeah. That's a huge number and I don't know that Littlefinger knows about that stuff.
1: That's the thing. And what does Littlefinger think about Danny? and like if and when she comes to Westeros? That's what I've been thinking about. It doesn't feel like, like
0: he's thinking about Danny at all.
1: Yeah, like who wh- whoever comes out of the the east, they mm-hmm. land on Westeros, what does the game board
0: look like at the time? Yeah and it's you going know. to be different than they expect i think yeah i think they expect the lannisters to be in complete control well, i think last season and if you can defeat king's landing you defeat westeros sure. i don't know that that's going to be true
1: yeah yeah i mean i think last season even the latest books you kind of assume that it's going to be oh boy the lannisters are going to get theirs but man they might be has by the time
0: yeah that all happens that would almost be unfortunate like i right i kind of want them to get a righteous ass kicking right but yeah it might just trickle away from them and hell danny might not even get out of the east True, yeah. She's, She's having plenty mired. of problems.
1: She is, she is having a
0: Vietnam, Afghanistan, whatever situation over there. I just wonder if Littlefinger is actually going to be able to mop up if Jon Snow shows up. Hmm. Like, Jon Snow could be his undoing, honestly. And, uh, and Jon
1: Snow would be loyal to Stannis, you think? Probably. Like, he goes in there, and there's a three, three-man fight. Mm-hmm. you know who does he it's a wwe who does he take the uh folded folded metal chair to
0: probably roos yeah Yeah. i think he's tagging in and he's gonna pile drive him right but but i don't that's like again like who
1: in the the seven kingdoms knows that little finger is a shit because if, if little finger's flying okay. if he's coming in under the band uh, of the banner of i'm going to liberate winterfell for sansa or try to save sansa you know does that confuse cuz we know stannis is that's that was his intention i'm going to go and i'm going to liberate your father's mm-hmm. house and return it to the north yeah so yeah i don't know that's a good point
0: it's going to be super interesting um no i, I've been, I can't wait for I've that i've been battle.
1: saying that like winterfell is just shaping up to be a cluster fuck yeah i love and it and <laughs> late 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 in season game is going to be really intense over there yep or up there i should say
0: all right, we've got uh, Marcella being charmed by the Martell boy, whose name I don't know. Tristane. Tristane. Yes. Tristane. Uh, and the prince is watching him. He they are a his, cute couple. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're they're cute kids in love. That's a fun time. I'm
1: glad she put away the bubblegum princess outfit and went with the
0: the yellow. Yeah, it's it's better. Although I think she might be wearing it underneath that. Oh, really? I don't know. She's got some strappy pink thing underneath it. So yeah, well. not sure. Uh, anyway, he tells guards. Curious she that, he, that she's not wearing Lannister red. Do you think that's an intentional mm, thing that they
1: are? You know, I'm always guys her. You no, know, well, I'm always looking for ways to, to see, like, what are they trying to tell us behind the scenes? And is like, do you think that Dorn is doing an intentional kind of re-education campaign on her, like trying Might to get her to forget her Lannister roots? And mm-hmm. you're going to be wearing, you know, uh, Dorn yellow Could or Martell yellow?
0: I mean, we we see later on that you know she's kind of. Buying into this whole adorn thing—it's
1: gone. Pink is a watered-down version of red. Mm. Now they got her in yellow. Yep, it's just a—it's a psychological game, man. Could be.
0: Uh, so the prince tells his guards he's going to need his axe because this is a dangerous combo. This Martell Lannister combo.
1: Yeah, it's it's People incredibly are gonna be after dangerous. Her. People can be after them. Really, shouldn't let them in this massive garden completely unguarded. Uh huh.
0: Uh, so, Braun and Jamie are riding through the countryside. Braun is singing. What what song is he singing? The third song the, the, of Westeros? The, yes,
1: we've got a new song. The Dornishman's
0: <laughs> Wife has made its appearance. All right, perfect. The Baron and Maiden Fair, the Dornishman's Wife, and the Reigns Brains of, of Casimir. Yep. So, they spot their destination and they blend in with a group of uh, people to get inside the gates. Which, if you if keep in score, that's
1: essentially two songs about men or animals leching on women. And uh, another song about Tywin Lannister masturbating all over the okay. f- corpses of his foes. So awesome. that, that's that's the pop hits of Westeros. <laughs> top,
0: top forty is the top three because they're yeah. only three. At the same time, the Sand Snakes uh, also set off to capture capture Marcella. Um, not a ton of talk about. It. I thought it was funny seeing these guys going through the countryside. Jamie's obviously so annoyed with Braun mm-hmm. by this point. That uh he can barely stand it.
1: I'm sure Braun's playing annoyed at Jamie, too.
0: Nah, is the one doing the annoying here. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jamie's annoyance
1: is more of an existential, you're trying to get us killed. Okay, yeah. And this is poor planning, and uh, I'm dubious about why
0: I'm even here in the first place. <laughs> Bronn's annoying much singing. more petty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Alright, so Jamie finds Marcella and he tries to convince her to leave, but she doesn't want to go. And the sand snakes show up and they fight over Marcella until they're all captured by the Prince's forces, and then we see Alaria is also captured. This is the stupidest scene I've ever seen in Game of Thrones. Oh my God. Okay. Why? So
1: you're going to do a daring raid on the princess. Would be presumably heavily guarded, which she's not, but you choose to do this in broad daylight Mm -hmm. and two rival factions that have no ties to each other whatsoever are going to converge on the same spot within a 30 second space. Okay. And Two of the daughters. I don't have a problem with that,
0: just for the record.
1: Okay, well fine. Fine. There's two there's we have three daughters of Oberon, presumably well trained in arts of war. They've got a whip, they've got a spear, they got double daggers. They're fet, they're fought to a standstill by Braun, which fair enough, and Jamie. They're like one point three dudes
2: mm-hmm.
1: are cannot be outfought by these three
0: supposedly badass sand snakes. One of them has a whip, which is entirely useless well, as as a maiming weapon. It shouldn't be. Indiana Jones does okay with his. Oh come on, like, Indiana Jones. Just, you can't kill somebody with a whip. It's not going to happen. You can't even. You can't even dis- Well, you can disarm somebody, but you can't. They don't have revolvers in
1: Westeros, Jim.
0: You can't do the classic. Just whatever, shrug and shoot the guy. They have spears. They should just be like. You get over there, I'll get over here, we'll surround Braun. one, two, three, stab. Alright, All like- so if
1: you want to make the argument that the fight is stupid from its construction and <laughs> characters, I'll go with that too, because okay. I kind of agree. Alright, I think the whip is just useless. But, so, I think the setup and the premise is dumb. The way they went about it was incredibly lazy. Like, I don't be- I can't believe this made it out of the writer's room. And then the actual choreography was cover your eyes bad. Like yeah. they they pulled all the tricks of the trade, the quick jumps and the 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 quick cuts. So like the yeah. actors only had to memorize one sword twirl or one step, mm-hmm. and they couldn't capitalize on that. Like you, you think of what they did with last season's um, the Oberyn fight with the mountain. The Oberyn fight was spectacular. Yeah. Or what they did at the wall in episode nine, which I believe is Michelle McLaren, and she's one of the best <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at
0: directing action. But uh-huh. this was just. Really terrible. I'm with you. The on second watch, this choreography is really bad. Like, just watch
1: what Braun's doing in the background of a fight that he, the camera's not. Yeah. And it's like it's 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 the worst. And the twin dagger girl, which I think is Namiria, she's just terrible. Mm. She's a terrible actress, she's terrible to spear work. Obara's spear technique is awful compared to Oberon's. So that's it's another a shit thing, show, man. Another thing
0: I don't like about it is Obara is supposed to be the baddest of the three right? yes you would think and they have her fighting Jamie who's supposed to be basically useless and Jamie holds his own I don't like that no it's terrible like unless you're trying to say that these sand snakes are not nearly as skilled as we think they are mm-hmm. then you've filmed that scene completely incorrectly
1: yeah I mean I I don't know the it's analog in the book is lamentable as well. Um, hmm. okay, so I don't know. I mean, I that's one, one of the reasons I'm not super outraged by it, but it's interesting yeah, that I, the, I
0: bet it was affected by them not having enough time.
1: The best part of Dorn is Prince Duran, and I think they got yeah. a really good Alexander Sadiq. Um, uh, Dr. Bashir mm-hmm. uh, is, a, I think, a great actor, and he's done really well in the 30 seconds of screen time. He's got it. Yeah, why the hell they are focusing on the sand snakes and does Jamie Invasion and all this crap at the expense of. Of of making him look stupid because again, he just made a statement. This is a dangerous situation. I'm making make, making damn sure my household guard knows that they need to be keeping a close eye. And the fact that this fight raged in the
0: water gardens at all is borderline preposterous. Well, here's the thing: the timing doesn't line up exactly as they show it, because you can see, um Marcella and what's his stupid name, uh, Tristane. Tristane walking out of the garden uh-huh. you can see doran and his guy looking down on them and watching them walk out of the garden and moments later when they're kissing jamie and braun roll up but between that we have jamie and braun getting to the city yeah like just spotting the city from the outside so you know there's like there can't be more than a couple of minutes between the time when no no they i watched them go out of the garden mis- they are under-
1: you're misunderstanding my point my point was Three episodes ago, we had this this fight between Alara and Prince Doran where she's like, you're a coward, yep. blah, blah, blah. We need to go to war. And he's like, tough titties. And she stormed mm-hmm. off. He should have known that, she, that that there was a threat, potential threat to the princess from that point forward. I mean, the capital city had just killed his brother that went there to get justice for his daughter or uh, uh, his sister. Mm-hmm. And they've got the princess of the Baratheons there as kind of like a hostage-slash-marriage alliance. I, it just makes him look foolish that there wasn't more guard going on there. And and in the, I'll just put it this way. In the books, he's a lot more on the ball about hmm. quashing all this bullshit before it even happens. I wonder why they didn't go there. Because they didn't get to do an exciting fight scene except for the fight scene is bullshit. I mean, hmm. I like I said, I, it seems, I like, know, a seems like a lot of times the show toys. likes to inject some action where maybe there's not as much action um but yeah i don't know sure.
0: it, it just didn't work it didn't work on any level for me all right well the, the one part here that i don't have a problem with is the coincidence of timing that they show up okay. nearly at the same time like i don't know if that is it's apparently not one of your big gripes but it's
1: it's certainly a big gripe i would i would bitch and moan about if is the only thing wrong because that's kind of what i do that's
0: that's my personal but i don't peeve. i don't know why like i don't know how you can defend the battle of blackwater when you say that coincidence is always a problem. Why? What do you mean is a coincidence? Because Tywin just shows up. But that was... Saves their asses. That was set in motion. It was like... This is all set in motion. <sighs> we know where these two forces are going, that they're going to the exact same place. But King's
1: Landing was ready for him. Like, it wasn't like a sense of like... Uh out of nowhere, these two invading forces converge, and King's Landing is shock, and what do we do? I mean this is something they were gearing
0: up for for weeks and weeks and weeks, same here uh, they traveled across a fucking ocean to get here. We no. saw scenes where the sand snakes were preparing to go get Marcella like and and broad it's daylight been set up. didn't have
1: a, didn't 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 have
0: uh nope. nobody daylight. was guarding
1: her why not? That's why. I'm, <laughs> there you go I, there you go
0: the, okay i I'm just saying the coincidence is not the part that I have a problem with, yeah. Um, uh, but you're right the, It's not Before a good
1: we, before we move not. on Bron got cut conspicuously By Obama's Spear Yes I want to talk about this So we'll talk about it Come on it. poison right Poison Look at the mountain Well I think there's someone On the forum said it best On, on the one hand You know Oberon went to the Citadel To train as a master Or a maester For years To get the expertise In poisons That he was well renowned for mm-hmm. On the other hand and, and his daughters Probably did not On the other hand uh, I can't remember who said it, but it's it's hard to believe the Obern would teach the technique and not the sneak. Yeah, I mean, so it's like you don't need to go to college <laughs> for three years to know how to mix some plant poisons together and kill the dude. Yeah,
0: I I fear for bronze life. Me, too. Me, too. And that's going to leave Jamie in a really bad situation too, not being able to fight. Being stuck here. Although if Obara is, mean, is
1: Dorn's best fighter now that Oberyn's dead, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he can fight his way out of Dorn with his left uh-huh. hand. Maybe I so. Don't maybe I don't know. So. don't know.
0: All right, let's move on. Elena shows up and talks with Marjorie about how ridiculous this stuff with Loras is. Can, can, can I ask a question? Yeah. Why did her wagon stop on the road? just randomly i have no idea
1: it's like it's got to be important though right yeah it's like uh she's got regularly scheduled quip stops
0: (laughs) what are these fools waiting for oh oh that's right it's 408
1: the lady must sass (laughs) it has been yawn five miles since her last sass halt halt we say and then she does her quip and then moves Mm -hmm. on it's that's the beginning of some really weird editing choices.
0: It, it, it's super weird because yeah.
1: if you look at the sequence, like I, I Marjorie's not in that wagon with her. Mm-hmm. Then she is walking King's Landing, and her voiceover continues and bleeds into the scene of her sitting there with Cersei talking. Mm-hmm. It's like Peter Jackson pulled this kind of shit in Lord of the Rings a lot, but it kind of worked. Where to have someone zoom in on a face talking about something that's applicable to a situation. It's like. Halfway across the world. Yeah, they do that a lot. And it kind of ties and there sure. together, but there's something that just didn't work, and I was like, where the hell are we? Who is in the room? What's going on? Hmm. And and I'm not okay. sure. It, it, this could also be symptoms of them having some compressed filming, and, and they just didn't get the shots they needed. And, you know, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. the shot of Lady Olenna making a joke shit joke about King's Landing was so good they had to shoot that in there. Yeah, I don't know why they included that. We wouldn't get the fact that she would have to come back from the High Garden to King's Landing unless they had it. it's
0: bizarre. That's the thing. So we f- we get an answer to our question whether Marjorie has left or Marjorie has called her grandmother there. Yeah, obviously she's come to King's Landing. Right. Um. So so she talks with Cersei and she demands Loras be released. Uh, while also threatening, you know, we're not going to give you any money or food anymore if you don't solve this. And Cersei's just denying it the whole time. Had nothing to do with it. It's a faith militant. Talk to them. Ineffectually, because that's it, like sure. her poker face leaves much to be desired. No, it's the thinnest of cloaks here. I mean, and what's funny or, or is as Elena says, What veil? What veil? Yes. <laughs> there is no veil on either side of this table. No, she's like veiled pets. Like, what veil? You guys, you do
1: need. This isn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's. I
0: am threatening you, not threatening a threat.
1: It's like watching a six-year-old try to lie to your face. Like, the yeah. fact that You've they, been
0: caught, and you're just going to continue to insist that you had nothing to and, do. And with they it. never conceived that they would get caught. So they're yeah. completely
1: flat-footed and just gasping like a fish flopping on a dock the whole time. But
0: here's the thing. I think Cersei knew she would get caught. I think Cersei knew that everyone would know this was her doing, and she was... This is her plan. Literally just deny it and defy everyone because she thinks she can get away with it. Okay. I don't think she has, like, some grand plan that, like, she's going to win the Martells back on, or, I'm sorry, the Tyrells back on her side. I think she's just going to fly in their face and say, fuck it. That just makes her seem, I mean, and it's good to be intentional, so stupid, because...
1: Yeah, Tywin I Tywin Lannister said last season, we are flat fucking broke. Uh-huh. We have pulled no gold out of our famous casterly mines in... Oh, but don't
0: worry, the, uh... The governor of Naboo is going to come back with all the money you can possibly want from the Iron not, Bank,
1: right? Not if they've got his <laughs> his son and daughter in prison. Exactly, yeah. No, it's... I, w- I just liked Lady Olenna's performance because, like, the whole... At, at the end, she's looking at her like, God damn it, I'm too old for this shit, but I guess I'm going to have to break you. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. so much work, <laughs> and I'd rather be home sassing my servants... But I, I, God, I guess if I have, if you're going to make me, like, I don't even want, like, I don't even want to go to war with the Lannisters. I really don't. But yeah. I can crush you like a bug. Sure. Or I can just pull my but, support out and watch you, you, your kingdom devour you. I mean, that's another possibility.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder how aware Cersei is of how precarious her position is. Like, I, does she understand that she actually does need these people? Quite desperately. I know Tywin understood that. I don't know if she does. Yeah.
1: I I don't know, because I've got a definite opinion, but a lot of my opinion is probably cover, colored by the book, so...
0: Hmm, okay.
1: it's I'm mildly interested in see how they... Because one thing I will say is that the show Cersei is a much more... You know, just like show Marjorie is a much more three-dimensional, well-realized character. Hmm. Um, they've actually thrown in some things that make her seem sympathetic and cunning in a fashion... So I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. What's the end game with with a slightly more believable three-dimensional Cersei?
0: Well, I I do give her some credit. I think she is kind of cunning. Um she understood what was going on with uh her brother and the whore and how to use that to get what she wanted, to get revenge on Tyrion. But she never can. The thing
1: about her, and and even in her show scheming, is she never considers the other person. It's like when you start playing chess, and and you 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 start thinking about like your moves in advance. Yeah. But then the next level to get the grandmaster is then anticipating your opponents. Sure. She plans her moves as if the other person is just not going to move their pieces on the board, and that's why I think she ends up with things like her father being murdered uh-huh. and her <laughs> her her brother escaping from prison and things that she doesn't conceive of because she's like, I'm going to do things and these people have nothing that they can do back to me.
0: Yeah, and she's also vengeful and petty and uh, I'll, I'll, she has a lot of bad qualities that lead her in directions that no, she absolutely. shouldn't go.
1: It's like Tyrion says, she's got good cheekbones and she loves her children. That's <laughs> that's her two good <laughs> the qualities. extent of it, yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, all right, so... During the, the, the inquest here, as she calls it, Loras and Marjorie both deny Loras has done anything wrong. Unfortunately, they bring out this guy from Littlefinger's Brothel, who was also Loras' former lover. As we know, I I forget his name. Uh, Oliver. Uh, Oliver? Oliver. Oliver? Or maybe it's Oliver, but whatever. O- Oliver. Ollie. Who, who, <laughs> no, no, I don't think you can get away with that in <laughs> no. this show. Uh, who claims that he slept with Loris and Marjorie knew about it, and he could back it up with knowledge of the birthmark? This horseshit. Is this too much of a, a out of nowhere for you? I mean, they laid it all out, but I'm they
1: saying, did, yeah. In, in uh, my, if I was the defense attorney, I'd be objecting out of place. It's like he's his page. That's mm. essentially a valet or valet. Sure, I I don't I, think I, the if, argument was convincing. If if. if Do I think most pages see their knights naked when they're responsible for dressing and armoring them? Yes. Yes, I do. Almost certainly. Yes, I do. I bet there's more than a fair share of buggery going around, which is, you know, there's been a lot of, like, background chatter about how kind of homophobic Westeros is. Because Uh I think in the books, it's not that way. It's not nearly. and, And also... Loris is much more of a cartoonish gay I'm, man. He's I'm sure let,
0: it's still seen as a sin, you know, according to the laws of the seven gods or whatever.
1: Sure, and these guys are religious fanatics and all that. But um, I just think that the evidence is thin, and it's all—I don't know—and and, and it's a kangaroo court, so it's like you can only yeah. apply so much legal reasoning. But even if they took Loris because he had direct eyewitness testimony. What proof did they have that Marjorie? I mean, this guy—he's got proof that he knows about this Dorn-shaped freckle on the uh, young gentleman's thigh. What proof yeah. does he have that he was in that that, that Marjorie is in the bedroom?
0: Nothing. And I mean, that's that's just one of the clues that this is part of Cersei's obvious plan. I mean, that what what reason do they have to scoop the queen up in this as well? Is Littlefinger what behind? What possible
1: reason? Let me ask you this: Where did they find Oliver? And how did they know that he had this relationship? Well, they with found Loras? him.
0: They took him from the brothel when the other High Septum was taken out, didn't
1: they? No, I mean that's the thing we've always wondered when he's going to be arrested. But I'm just like, how did they make this connection that Oliver was sleeping with Loras? Because to my knowledge, only Marjorie knew that. I don't think yeah. Cersei knew that. Uh, Littlefinger would know little because he's Littlefinger's him. employee. I wonder yeah. if they we're supposed to understand that Littlefinger is kind of helping grease these wheels. Because hmm. we know Cersei's a lot more
0: complicit in this than she's claiming to Lady Olenna. So would Littlefinger view this as actually working against Cersei even though he's giving her what she thinks she wants? Because, I mean, this or is going to cause just, a rift between the Tyrells and
1: her. Well, I, I don't – I mean, the question – obviously, he's not loyal to Cersei. So, yeah, yeah. But this could be an easy – it's cost him nothing – It further destabilizes the Lannisters because it takes the Tyrells away potentially as an ally. Yeah. Uh, Which is something that, like, Cersei does not worry about at all. Like, she says... she's foolish. She says the Lannisters have no rival. That's not what your dad thought. Yeah. You know, one of the smartest, most capable Machiavellian rulers in Westeros. I don't know. It is enjoyable to see Cersei kind of weaving this web uh, of deceit and lies and
0: trickery and seeing if she can get herself out of it. The other wild card here, I feel, is Tommen. Like yeah. with Marjorie being taken away and put on trial, I don't know that Tommen, as the king, is going to stand for that. Yeah, and we know, and Cersei has has the has no real
1: power. Sure. Yeah, he, her power is only
0: what she can get Tommen to go along with. It seems, and she doesn't. She doesn't seem to give him any kind of credit for really having any involvement in this. Well, that would be her... I mean, again, that's That could be her undoing. With I, her not considering the opponents have moves. Exactly. I, with as much as we've seen of Tommen and Marjorie and to, her effect on Tommen, I think he might step in and do something. Which would be awesome with a King's Guard versus Faith Militant showdown. Yeah. I would love to see that.
1: No, but this this scene was infuriating. Not because it was bad television, just
0: because Cersei's smug
1: face combined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, like, again, the King's Guard... I like, I feel like the the king would have to make them stand down before they would let the queen be drug away and chains by a bunch of dudes with shitty wrenches and robes. You know, that's a direct yeah, insult. I, mean, I, I don't, to don't know their royal it. highness. Like you know, they're the secret service. If Barack and 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 Michelle Obama sitting there, and some dude tries to drag Michelle, it's like, well. Unless the president tells me to go after the First Lady, I'm just going to sit there and chill.
0: I don't... But, I mean, a- according to, you know, what's going on here, Tommen has appointed these people as an authority. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's eh. some... Th- that is a kind of condonement of... I mean, I
1: get that the Joffrey
0: and Tommen era Kingsguard is not exactly cut from the
1: cloth of the Age of Heroes and everything, but... Mm. Come on. And then the final scene of Lady Lena's face. She's gone from annoyed that she's going to have to expend the effort to break Cersei to just fucking
0: pissed. And I, I'm excited. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not sure I totally agree when it's the king's decree that the faith militant have rule of the land here. They don't have
1: rule. Absolute rule.
0: No, but they've been appointed as law as they're snatching the, the queen, man. I I know, but the king himself appointed them. So if they try to is snatch is everything that they do apparently. So if they try to
1: snatch the king, if the king just sits there as a mumbly mouthed fifteen year old, they're going to let it Probably? happen. Probably. Ah oh, fuck. Yeah.
0: So the right. king's appointed guys. Man, I'm going to
1: agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. I want to see some goddamn Kingsguard going bananas. I do too.
0: Trust me. Anyway, at Winterfell, Miranda comes to bathe Sansa, and during the bath, she tries to get in Sansa's head by questioning whether she can keep Ramsay happy and telling stories of people who haven't. And Sansa says, you know what? You can't frighten me. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, you, be- you better worry about the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Is there an... uh? So I-, I talked about in the instant cast about the hair-washing symmetries here. Yeah. It's... It is telling that Arya was washing a corpse. Are, is this for- the beginning of foreshadowing that Sansa is going to die? That she is not, like... Not only is she not going to be the strong character to save herself, that she's ultimately going to be destroyed by this cluster Winterfell clusterfuck.
0: Could be. I mean, I I speculated, you know, the third option in this is that Sansa's killed. Uh up at Winterfell. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: you know, I was uh, to this point in this uh, the the episode, I was really excited because you know, she dismissed Miranda. It's like I can finish dressing myself. I was like, oh yeah, spike theory. Back on. It's going to have that thing hidden on a person.
0: Nope. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Theon comes to her room and is ready to escort her to the wedding, and she just doesn't want to touch him. Nope. Not going to touch you. She goes to the wedding without touching him.
1: Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, and I feel like an asshole for pointing this out in the context of her later being raped, but I just want to point out I have a long history on Bald Move Podcast of critiquing wedding dresses. Okay. Santa's wedding dress, the worst? Yeah. It's a stark wedding dress through and through. That's some Bjork-type right? shit that she's she's dressed. I mean... Okay.
0: I, I suppose so, yeah. I... <laughs> she's she's from, what, Iceland? It's pretty cold.
1: Pretty cold <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Pretty yeah. cold up there. She's essentially from the land beyond the, the wall, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, it's it's getting cold up there. They make a point of saying that. They make a point of it snowing. Uh, winter is coming. I wonder if it... It kind of gave me a Catherine the Great type of vibe. Like, I
1: wonder if it was supposed to be, like, hmm. kind of bulky armor... You know, layers of, of of armor, kind of in a form of a dress. If we were supposed to get that symbolism from it,
0: hmm, I, I wasn't getting the armor stuff, but I don't know. It's like a tank of a wedding dress. Yeah, well, it's like it's like a wolf pelt. I mean, it's this the giant wolf ass. pelt. I, the I getting... the shoulders are very like big furry uh, things. I don't know what
1: animal it is. I was getting but... swan, like two giant okay. swan asses on her shoulders. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she went from being a, a raven to a swan, <laughs> something. Whatever she was in in uh, the veil. Anyway, uh Sansa is then wed to Ramsay Bolton in a what I felt was a fairly drawn out wedding scene. I thought it if, was If you're not going to stop and say no, then just say yes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: there's drama, but I thought <laughs> sure. the God'swood set was on point and I as I was watching the second
0: time I was thinking You can definitely tell it's a set though. Really? That is a fucking set huh. in a soundstage. Like there is no way that is a real location. Huh. Um
1: anyway, I thought it was interesting that you think about Sans and how what a girly girl she was if she hadn't had this exact fantasy about getting married in her father's Godswood and to a different because, person. Well, no, that's the same thing. It's like yeah. say what you will about the Boltons. That was a really lovely setup. As, you know, as well yeah, as you can't do in, in the God's Woods, and they had the candles, and it was very kind of romantic, and it was even snowing. Mm-hmm. And it made what's to come even worse. But I think you know, it's another one of the things where it's like this is a situation she might have dreamed of getting married to one of the high lords of the north with her father watching and just yep. been perverted into this goddamn nightmare. Yep. Uh that is unfortunate. I'm and sorry, Sansa. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 terrible. What do you think also in this scene, what do you think about making Reek play Theon so much? I love it. But, I think
0: it's I think it might be a mistake on that's, on ramsey's part but i love it that's what i was getting at that, from a like, drama you've perspective. broken
1: this man's psyche yeah.
0: and, and had him take
1: on this other identity and you're so confident in that that you're forcing him to take his old identity uh-huh. to the point that like his voice hitches when he try you know it's like very tough for him uh it seems like that might be reconnecting neural pathways you might not want to connect
0: yeah no i i totally agree and i think uh, he may have some problems in the future, and that's why I call him Theon in this scene because he clearly is. He's washed up. He's in nice clothing. He's yeah. got his hair slicked back. Like that's that's Theon Greyjoy right there. Yeah. Um, just a damaged version of him. Sure. Um, I, I also I and it's it's really hard for Theon to even say his own name. Right. Uh, and like when he's you know giving her away or whatever. Um, and that that he was Ned's ward. Like, yeah. he feels that sense of, I just betrayed everything that I cared about. Yeah. Uh,
1: One thing I think that they were trying to do, you mentioned the long, drawn-out, yes, uh, you know, acceptance of, you do accept this man, is I think that the filmmakers, and I don't think it was entirely successful, but I think they were trying to suggest that Sansa did, in fact, have a choice here. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a choice bad to choice to with or... shittier options... But it's kind of like the choice of of, uh, you know, storming the beach of Normandy or cowering in the back while the machine guns slam your boat. Like, sure. Again, I don't think it necessarily worked, but it it, at to this point it was going along with little fingers. Well, you've got to fight. You've got to you know, you've got to do some unpleasant things to strike back against your family's foes kind of wisdom. Yeah. Um, No, I'm
0: with you. I I understand what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, and it was it was fine. I just thought it was a little drawn out, right? <laughs> and that's that makes and that, that kind of hinges on me thinking that
1: if she just refused him outright, that that would be a big deal. Oh, I, mean, I, I think so. It, it could turn into a giant like. How angry would he get? He would get super angry. Well, and also like he, the I think the lords of the north were supposed to understand that like a lot of the bannermen and stuff are there to witness it, uh-huh. and you'd think that that would be significant, but.
0: Yeah, you know, it's essentially the Starks condoning Roose Bolton and his actions. You know, that's what this is about. And I would like to have seen, I wish they had
1: gotten, like, the great John Umber or some of the other recognizable northern bannermen from season one and season two to be in the background kind of looking like they're not sure about this. Uh I thought that was a missed
0: opportunity, too. Okay. Uh, Then we get the final scene. Ramsay takes Sansa to his chambers to consummate the marriage uh, against her will. Pretty much. Forces Reek to watch. Yeah. Bad news. Bad news all around. Um it, it's not surprising though that Ramsey returns to form immediately after they're married. How fucking pissed is Roos gonna be when he finds out.
1: I man, I
0: don't know. At the I, heart I of really Northern Power,
1: know. and they has got Ned Stark's little girl screaming in the the bedroom. Uh It's just not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess this is an obvious,
1: but that's not a good look from a North remembers standpoint. North doesn't need. I I agree with North doesn't need a a string around its pinky to remind it. But if if they did, they just got it. Yeah, probably right. This also kind of is what I was saying about the goddamn uh, tower and the highest the candle in the tallest tower. That's not a Mm. really great thing for Sansa to take advantage of. Just calling in, Brand? No, I'm saying like it's ineffective. It's ineffective. Like it did her no good to have that release valve in this situation.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I definitely think there will be consequences for this. I'm I'm curious what they will be. Probably all out revolt, but we'll see. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. So, what do you? What did you think of this scene
1: in context of Sansa's broader character arc? Because my position is. You know, Theon got tortured for a whole season and it was, you know, tough to watch, even though he was kind of an evil character and he brought along a lot of that himself. But also, Theon was a cocky, arrogant, high on the horse character that was being brought down notches. Yeah. Sansa's living in the basement. She has been since the middle of season one. Yeah. Why? How is this necessary? Like, I, you know, I. I. I think that part of the problem part of the negative reaction people have had is that raping a female character is such a a cliche. Like, you know, that's the if if you want to if you want to give a strong female character a revenge motivation, then you rape her. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of like a lazy thread worn plot device. Okay. Um and and also it's it's extraordinary if you think about all the POV characters in this show how many have either been raped or nearly raped like even mm-hmm. Bri- Brienne Cersei uh the only one I can think of is maybe Arya although I think maybe she almost like the, the, some of the, the the ruffians that her and the Hound confronted were threatening that and then like Marjorie um I I I think that's one of the reasons that people were upset but the main reason is. What in the hell are we supposed to be teaching? Like, what? Why does Sansa have to go through this to then presumably have a stronger character turn? Like, what more motivation does she need?
0: I, well, I think, yeah. I'm so this is, I'm gonna agree with you that yes, it is cliched, but in so much that it works, right? Like, that gets it through character and audience's heads that now is the time for revenge. And so if this truly is a turning point for her...
1: Both parents being murdered, her brother being murdered, her being pawned off the two different shitty marriages.
0: Well, she was completely useless at that point, right? She's a little girl. She doesn't know what's going on. Uh-huh. Uh She has literally no power at that point. Mm-hmm. Now she might feel like she's starting to come into her own. I mean, we've seen her travel little Littlefinger... Littlefinger has taught her a thing or two. Yeah. Um. Now, when she has a reason for revenge, she might actually be able to act on it. Yeah. I mean, I eventually. I mean, there has been a character arc, but it, she. I I don't know. I feel like I, it's been
1: flatlined in the valley for so long, and it has. It I eventually, really has. I eventually came around on Theon because, you know, you have if you if you kind of have to really be explicit to show how deeply this man's been broken. Yeah. Because not in the books where he's a a POV character, you can kind of get inside his mind of madness. And Mm -hmm. the book is actually less graphic than the show in a lot of ways, because it was a lot of alluded to backstory rather than, you know, explicitly shown. But Mm -hmm. I think you needed that to explain why Theon would go from, the you, Theon we knew, to the man who cringed and hid in a dog cage rather than take the freedom that was offered to him. You do.
0: Completely agree.
1: Whereas Sans, like I said, I just feel like she's been kicked in the teeth so many times. We could have skipped there, but I feel like that the uh, the showrunners wanted to do this particular remix and they had this particular group of characters and this particular group of characters, and
3: it oh, would see, not make this.
1: sense for, like, Ramsey to be suddenly... Like have a romantic turn or something like that. Like it makes sense for Ramsey to to brutalize her. It's just I just wish they had a way to construct this to you know
0: something different would happen. I didn't realize that it was a remix because I was thinking, well, this could just be George R. R. Martin fucking with the audience. Well, I'm saying there's like when I say remix, I'm using it. This girl's gonna have some kind of great blossoming. Into what you want her to yes. be, but she's not. That's like, what I'm that saying. Could
1: be Martin just doing that. None of this stuff of Sansa has ever happened, or even like hinting that's going to be happened in the books. So, okay. but I'm saying it's a remix of characters and locations and events. Yeah. It's just a really curious combination of those things, and an unfortunate one in my mind because you know, just like I think there's a contingent of people that get a little tired of Danny being mired over in uh, Essos, there is a contingent of fans that think that this is just piling on like at some point like it max is but out so is rob scale. stark's
0: death like catlin's death i mean those are pylons right no
1: that was a that was an ending their character arc like if they're going to kill yeah like if they kill sans the next episode this really does seem just pointless cruelty
0: i don't know that that's out of place in this universe though given the history of it yeah Like, I mean, we're talking about how, oh, this might just be a tale of darkness and the ending might not be happy at all. Well, that follows right along with that. I don't know.
1: I mean, there is a there is a a school of thought that I'm sympathetic to that, like, you don't. I mean, there's some things that are um, very sensitive subjects to viewership and you shouldn't play with those unless you've got a good reason for it. And I don't know that this show has a good reason to go there with Sansa in the in the spot that she's already in um you know
0: and there's okay. positive ways to have this debate and there's negative ways to have this could, debate so could this be a way like let's say next episode sansa says fuck this i've I've had enough she popeyes up and does something ridiculous that totally defeats littlefinger's plan for whatever okay. was going to go on here is that enough to sway you like this is the kick she needed to break littlefinger's hold on her I'd have to see why it couldn't have happened an episode sooner. That's
1: the whole point. Like, uh, Hmm. why did that she have to be brutalized one final time before she had her, 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 you know, turn towards being a heroic character. That's the the whole crux Hmm. of it. Now, another complaint that people had is the way this was framed. Like the, you know, Sansa's entire rape sequence was played out on Theon's face. Yeah. And there was a lot of people upset with, well, you know, it's one thing to rape Sansa. It's another thing to have this be about, you know, that the, this the, the rape of Sansa is more about Theon's character arc than it is about Sansa.
0: OK, but that is
1: Ramsey through and through. No, no, no. I'm talking about Theon's face. Like, again, this it's almost like as a as a, the camera thinks that this is a bigger a, 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 this is a more impact on the man watching it than it is on the woman it's happening to.
0: I I didn't get that from it.
1: Um, I don't think that's intention. I mean, I can see why people do. I don't think it's, I think it was more of they were trying to be as tasteful as they can in filming this. And instead of yeah. the camera lingering on what's going on with Sophie Turner, to try to be more respectful of that situation, they go to Theon. Sure. But I can see why a lot of people would be offended by that they chose to see the scene through the lens of a man's eyes rather than a woman's.
0: I think they're misreading that scene.
1: I, but yeah. what am I saying? Is there's a lot of potential insults that these filmmakers are piling up in the one scene. There's a lot of potential ma- uh. minefields with, and, and also they don't have the greatest reputation in this area as well. Sure, no. They, I, I feel like the double D's definitely have a few blind spots when it comes to producing some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Um, anyway, that's I, it for the episode. That's it for the episode. Yeah. Before we get the feedback, just want to give a shout-out to this week's sponsor, which is, once again, Audible. You can get a free trial of their service by going to com slash GOT, courtesy of, of Bald Move. You can get a, a starter account with a free audio credit for a free audiobook. And as I'm wont to do, I'm going to play a little clip from Dance with Dragons, uh, narrated by the great Roy Dotrice. Uh, about uh, Arya's first encounter with the Room of Faces in the the, the, the very deepest parts of the temple of the, the Faceless Men, the Many-Face Gods. So without further ado, we will play that clip.
3: The kindly man lifted his lantern and flicked its shutter wide open. Light washed over the walls around them. A thousand faces were gazing down on her. They hung upon the walls. Before her and behind her, high and low, everywhere, she looked everywhere she turned. She saw old faces and young faces, pale faces and dark faces, smooth faces and wrinkled faces, prickled faces and scarred faces, handsome faces and homely faces— Men and women, boys and girls, even babes. Smiling faces, frowning faces, faces full of greed and rage and lust. Bald faces, and faces bristling with hair. Masks, she told herself, it's only masks. But even as she thought the thought, she knew it wasn't so. They were skins. So if you enjoyed that and you want to know more, you want to you want to take in more of
1: these vistas, uh, you want to get the primary enjoyment of of myself as a book reader of, of of seeing these things and anticipating how they're going to look like on the big screen and seeing them for the most part like come really true. I thought this was a a a great version of the Room of Faces. In fact, it outdid the one in my head. My head. You can get caught caught up and, and join us in the spoiler speculation. You can start forming your tinfoil theories of your own. Audible is a great service uh, to use to do that. And it's not just Game of Thrones, although they have the entire works of George R. R. Martin in unabridged format. They have 185,000 other spoken word titles
0: uh, ready for your perusal. Again, tell them, Jim, how they can get their free trial. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash GOT and just sign up for a free trial account you get a free book. There you go. Let's get into some feedback.
1: Uh, Peter R. said, as a show watcher, not a book reader, I wanted to mention a possible plot point that seems obvious to me but has not appeared yet. In a world with so many evil characters, why aren't people using the stone men or grayscale creatures as chemical weapons of sorts? One would think that some evil ruler would be catching these folks <laughs> to use them against the How enemy. do you catch one? Uh, you Without know,
0: becoming a grayscale...
1: Nets and poles and, you know...
0: That's dangerous business, man. Of course it is. It's (laughs) as dangerous as, like, catching a tiger for a... It's more dangerous, because a tiger can't... uh, A a tiger is not going to turn you into a weapon against your own people. Right, okay, so it's it's approximately dangerous dangerous as rounding out zombies in The walking dead, and
1: that is used many times (laughs) throughout the series as a weapon. So... Uh... I, you know, I think it's a kind of interesting concept. You round up a bunch of crazy stone men, you drop them in the middle of, yeah. uh, you know, you, you back up with the cart, the the wagon, and you dump them off into a city center and then you go off. Like, it seems like more of a terror weapon than a practical weapon of war, but there again, that's a lot of chemical, biological weapons in a nutshell. they are uh, more g- terror weapons than actually strategically useful.
0: Yeah, I get the feeling, like, it, I'm getting the vibe from this show that grayscale is a thing that, they don't know how to contain like they capture these things these these beasts these grayscale uh stone men and they throw them into Valantis, uh or i'm sorry valeria uh to get rid of them Mm -hmm. to keep them away because they don't know how to deal with it Mm -hmm. like it's almost like too dangerous like playing with fire yeah it's just a bad
1: idea uh moving on to william c said we are recently reminded of Brienne's hatred for stannis and her vow to kill him if given the chance i think the show is setting her up uh to be between two conflicting desires her vow to kill stannis and take revenge and her vow to catelyn to protect her daughters at some point Brienne's gonna have to choose between these two conflicting views she'll have a chance to kill stannis or help sansa and will have to make a choice dark knight what do you think <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh what do you think do you think uh she's going to find a way to batman out of it or is that going to be a, ge- a genuine moment of drama i can see that being a moment of drama
0: yeah when you have what do you think what do you think brianne does i think she honors her vow to catelyn me too yeah if and to the
1: fact it's like almost not dramatic to me because yes i'd be <laughs> like that's the obvious choice it'd be a genuine surprise but it's also seemed to be a betrayal of everything they set up about her character which i don't maybe that I mean, would if, be if you don't kill stan it
0: so if you don't kill Stannis, yeah. he lives and you can kill him later. You're right. If you let Sansa die, yeah, you she's can't, dead and you've broken your vow. You can't undire her. <laughs> exactly. Well,
1: find <laughs> okay. the right red priest. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> she's going to come back a little, a little worse for wear,
1: but, sure. you know. Maybe, she'll, may, maybe one of the pieces she loses is her wedding night. That's not necessarily a bad, <laughs> sure, a bad thing. I agree. Amir B said, I've always wondered why the wildlings would get ships from Stannis and then use them to sail... Uh, south to the wall? Why wouldn't they take those same ships and just fuck off the east and Essos instead? The advantages are, one, they don't need to make peace with the Black Brothers. Two, they don't have to kneel to some king. And three, it's a different continent from the White Walkers. Yeah,
0: no winter. (laughs) Once
1: they're leaving their homes, why protect themselves with an ice wall when they can protect themselves by a huge sea? My only thought is that maybe they don't know why the Essos exists. Jim, I've never really given this much thought. I've,
0: I've never even thought of it. I mean, you've got the Dothraki
1: that won't cross the uh, the poison sea, as they call it, because, you know, they're superstitious and horses won't drink salt water and they're horse people. So there you go. Mm. Do you think that there's some kind of either cultural ignorance like they don't know that Essos lives over there? We never hear of wildling ratings and Mm. the narrow sea is after all the narrow sea.
0: Yeah, it seems seems like maybe they just didn't they never
1: had the ships to do it. Or it could be the dislike, you know? People are stubborn about leaving their homes. You hear all the time about like volcanoes. Like a volcano is going to destroy your 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 home, old man. And it's like, yeah, I've been I've lived here for fifty years. Yeah, like that'll protect you from
0: Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh no, I I don't know why they wouldn't have ships of their own. Well, I, I re I understand trees why up they up have there, sh- right. Mm, it's... I mean, closer toward the wall, I guess. But yeah, yeah. You, you go further north, and it's just ice. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think I feel okay. like that they're mostly. Maybe they couldn't. Yeah. Maybe they literally needed to get past the wall in order to build ships and. But they and have they what? What he's saying right? is, Stannis
1: gave them ships. Yeah. Oh, I know. Now they're they're going, going up now to pick their people. Yeah. Why don't they sail? I my own explanation. Jon Snow I, won't let him. I don't know. Well, there's that. <laughs> he's the hostage and warden. Yes. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> Commander and hostage.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think the plaus- most plausible uh, situation is that they just don't know that Essos exists. Could be. Joe, why listening to last week and this week's podcast, the question about good versus evil, the nature of things inside Gurm's world has got me thinking. We can all agree that his efforts to pick Game of Thrones have been brutal and blunt to say the least. Let's look at what has shown us as a quick glance. He's taken over two dozen prominent characters in the back of uh, from the start of the books and distributed among them uh, into three categories. One killed or had their loved ones killed two, just generally worse off and three better off. Okay. Uh so on the list of loved ones lost or killed themselves, you got Ned, Catelyn, Sansa, Arya, Rob, John, Bran, Daenerys, Tyrion, Rinley, Oberyn, Brienne, Drogo, Mance, Hound, Robert Baratheon, Jorah, Lysa, Joffrey, Cersei, Jamie, and Tywin. Alive but by- Jorah. Yeah, his dad died. Oh, Gior. No, Jorah, the son, his father got killed.
0: Wait, this category includes both of those. Yeah, it's the people. You, you who... are
1: either killed or you've lost a. Oh, I would put them in blood worse off. relation. Okay,
0: hmm. well, I, I, okay, sure.
1: All right. Well, the worse off category, which you would <laughs> put Jorah, to be clear, uh, yep, uh, is Sansa, which she also lost someone she loved. Maybe yep. I am misinterpreting this slightly. Yeah, Ar- I, don't, I don't
0: know how you put them in separate categories.
1: Arya, John, Bran, Tyrion, Daenerys, Brienne, Varys, Cersei, Jamie, better off, Bronn, Littlefinger, Ramsay. End list
0: That's sad
1: He says so in the better off category we have a professional murderer A liar and a psychopathic lying murderer Mm -hmm. Does this subtly tell us that it pays to be evil and that evil wins out Or is that too much to assume since we are not yet at the end of things to see what the final
0: tallies are Yes I do agree with that last statement Uh, Wait to the end to find out But so far you're absolutely right Would any ending be capable of justifying
1: all the atrocities that have fallen upon the good people of Westeros (laughs) Do hundreds of good people dying or having their lives destroyed become acceptable if one good person triumphs an end and takes the throne? Potentially,
0: yeah. See, like if I saw Jon Snow on the throne, I might I might say it was worth it.
1: What I'm hoping for, and this is my pet theory, is that no one is going to sit on the Iron Throne. Can be dismantled. That this, this whole Daenerys experiment with kind of like parliamentary democracy over in Essos... Is yeah. going to, that's going to be a cultural revolution that sweeps the globe, and that we're left with the dream of string being kind of like the start of uh, Western style democracy instead of these dictatorships that can be benevolent or okay. malevolent, but the common people have no say in it. That's kind of where I, you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's as interesting to say who's going to sit on the 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 whatever throne you've got um Mm -hmm. i think is more interesting is like what kind of societal sea change that's what can justify lots and lots of suffering like if you i mean a truly benevolent
0: dictator could also yeah but
1: he dies and he has a crazy son or he gets deposed like that's not a permanent solution it's not permanent no so i I think a systemic change is what i'm hoping for but that's that's me Jeff R. says, anyway, did you notice anything strange about the old man Brienne talked to when looking towards Winterfell? Specifically, this is the last episode. Yeah. The North Remembers guy. Specifically that dumb floppy hat he was wearing. The only family I've ever seen wear those were the Freys. Could this be Brienne being in trouble and not even knowing it, much like she wondered aloud about Sansa? Or is it just a coincidence and those terrible, terrible hats are actually a style in Westeros? I think that might be a northern hat. I've never. He's right though. Like, do you remember that scene where we first met Walter Frey, where he's like sitting there, and like all of his sons are on these benches, like a like a damn packed jury box, and they're all wearing that stupid hat. No. And every time we see the phrase they're all wearing
0: that stupid hat. I, d- I, d- I don't remember the stupid hat. No. I or the remember- North remembers those stupid hats, and they're a sign of the Obviously, Frey. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I don't know because that
1: that's that's a show motif. It it could be it could be a Northern custom. Yeah. But I
0: thought it was interesting.
1: Okay. Not mildly interesting, because I, I have no knowledge one way <laughs> sure. or another.
0: Next week, we're going to see Littlefinger in the stupid floppy hat. I'm the Warden of the North. Time to don the hat. It's the latest fads from Winterfell, my lady. <laughs> That'd be like
1: taking the latest fads from Mooresville, Indiana. Oh, and God. taking them to New York. Great. They did that with trucker hats, though, so stranger things have happened. Sure. Moving on. Uh, Dion B. said, First, we had Tyrion and Varys's road show called Bald and Chain. That show got canceled, and the character of Varys recasted Jorah the suggested titled Full Head of Bear. Dion thinks the obvious title for season two of the Jorah and Tyrion Road Show should be BJs and the Bear. Okay. No sale on Jim Jones. I thought it was funny.
0: No, I like uh, Full, head, full of head of Bear. Yeah, <laughs> I like it.
1: Moving on, Brad T had a question about the economies and capabilities to various places in the Game of Thrones world. What would be the GDP of all of Westeros south of the wall compared to Essos or Danny's Slaver Bay Empire? Obviously, listing a number of gold dragons. Compared to Essos? Yes. Like zero?
0: What do you mean? The Iron Bank is in Essos, right? Yes, you're right. So fuck the rest of it. Okay, so this is what I'm wanting. This
1: is what I'm wanting from a show perspective. (laughs) Obviously, listing a number of gold dragons would ever be useless. So if you had Westeros GDP is 100. All of Essos would be what in relation to that? Marine would be what? Bravos would be what? What's your estimation? You think Essos is way, way richer than Westeros? I think the
0: the concentration of all wealth in... What do they call this whole land, this whole map, this whole world? Planetos? Is that what they call it? That's kind of what
1: the fans call it. I don't think they have a name for it.
0: Uh, I, I think the concentration of all wealth on the known planet is in the Iron Bank. Yeah. And that's how they portray it. Certainly, um, it's,
1: it's a really hard answer. To, I mean, there's. I, I did some research into it, and Forbes had an article where they tried to quantify the Lannister wealth in in proportion to the like uh, uh, Tyrell's wealth and yeah. the North and all that thing and all that stuff. But I suspect you're right.
0: Like, I know the rest of Essos is super poor. Yeah. Um, well, that's not even necessarily true. No, those I mean, slavers the, have the all the ten cities. The ten free yeah. cities
1: are really rich, like all in their different ways.
0: Yeah, I think it's Essos has a huge mass of wealth. Yeah. Now, I don't know that they have like all the same resources, like right. physical goods. That's what fight that a Westeros lot. does. Yeah,
1: that's true. Like they got the whole Greek city state thing where they're always warring between each other and fighting and squabbling. Of course, Westeros kind of has that too. You got to wonder how much of their potential GDP is just destroyed in- and. <laughs> military fuck-ups yeah probably but i kind of i guess it's like i see westeros as being like the uk okay and all of essos is being kind of like the european rest of the european union hmm. and i can't you know like there might be some poor some richer but overall they're just much bigger and has a much larger economy hmm. but i don't know it's, okay. it's very hard to find that kind of real world answers other than the lannister's got lots of gold the iron bank has tons of money yeah. Other than those big and the Martells have lots of land and lots of wheat but on those generalizations and the north is poor. They yeah. always make it a point about how poor the north is. Sure. Um, anyway, moving on to Andrew M. I'm going back a bit, but I feel like this plot has been abandoned. In season three, episode eight, Stannis throws out Melisandre's re- leeches containing Gendry's blood into a fire and calls out three usurpers, Robb Stark, Balan Greyjoy and Joffrey Baratheon. Two of the three usurpers meet bitter ends. Rob and Joff. When is Balin going to get his comeuppance? And what the fuck is Gendry up to? Who the fuck is Balin? Balin is the father of Theon. He's the head of the Iron Islanders, the
0: pirate kingdom. Oh Jesus, we haven't seen him in right? ages. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen him since he sent Theon away, have we? Right. Well, I think we we saw the last time we Maybe saw him was when his he daughter opened, talking to when him? he
1: opened up the box that had Theon's cock in it. Okay. But right. that was at the end of season three. It's
0: been a while. Uh <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm wondering I kind of felt like those storylines were over once his sister once Theon's sister came in to try to liberate him and found him in such a sorry state. Yeah. Now I suppose they could bring it back um if Theon ever becomes Theon again. Do you think that they intended that to go somewhere and it
1: just didn't? Or because it is seeming like a little bit of a plot hole.
0: A little bit. Yeah. Maybe they're maybe they're buying their time, licking their buying their time until they can respring that on us.
1: Balin's desperately trying to father another son. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, God damn it. I thought I was done with this. Yep. Bring and me and a winch. Once,
0: once he gets his son back, too, he's gonna be cockless.
1: So. I, I need, I need my salt. Yeah, right. You're useless I need, from a legacy standpoint. I need, I need my, I need another salt wife. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is Gendry up to? Last seen rowing.
0: He, Gendry. Was, Gendry he is. He was rowing a
1: boat from Dragon Island to Westeros, I believe. Gendry is the bastard son. He was the blacksmith that kind of paled around with Arya. The bastard son of Robert Baratheon. Melisandre seduced him and sucked some blood from. His breeches okay. with their
0: leeches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said he was going where? I don't he remember where he was going.
1: Davos freedom, because Melisander wanted to burn him at the stake or something. Yeah, yeah. And he put him in a rowboat and said, row that way. That's the last we saw him. <laughs>
0: well, who knows? I mean, he gets caught in a current. He he's might have been
1: marine, marine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's huh. whereabouts unknown. And it's to be determined whether it that's seems, significant or not. Yeah,
0: it seems like they like to do that in this show yeah and in the books you like know stock away some forget about these characters put them in the fridge they're they're inconsequential and then later on they become a huge part sure of the plot like look at uh i mean right now loris and lancel are both blast from the past who uh mm, especially lancel. Uh, especially lancel but i mean even kind of loris he's always mm-hmm. been in the background just as like a pawn yeah um now it's it's really coming to the forefront Kate B.,
1: when watching this episode of the part about the dwarf cock being a luxury good reminded me of the Vice on HBO episode about the rhino horn trade. Oh, yeah. If you use Earth in the 1400s as a proxy from Planetos, you can come up with the following math. Total population, approximately 375 million people. Persons with dwarfism as a percentage of the population is about .004%. So you had 15,000 dwarfs on Planetos. Natural right. sex ratio is 51.69% in favor of the male. For okay. a grand total of seven thousand seven hundred fifty-three dwarf cocks available for potential sale. That's a fair amount. Now, other than the unsullied and Theon, I don't know who is in a market for a cock. But clearly, this needs to be sold as a luxury good, and thus the need for cock merchants.
0: Yeah, it's it's like you know spice merchants, right? Like you. <laughs> it's exactly you, like you, spice merchants. You get a really expensive spice. It's tough to deliver. It's luxury and good. There you go. Yeah. Fine, fine. You got dwarf a cocks. Yeah, and you got to have them be. It's got to be. They got to be authentic. Can't be passing oh, off. no, baby cocks. And they're right. I mean, like how how do you tell it's a dwarf cock if it's a normal sized cock? How indeed. you got to cut it right off the dwarf in front of them. How Get indeed. a little tag of authenticity. Yeah, or the the dwarf himself signs it. I don't know. <laughs> Casey J
1: has additional thoughts. There could be absolutely a cock merchant in Essos. Even if dwarf cock is a very rare item, I think they could be sold like people currently sell exotic animal parts in some parts of the world. Wanting Uh. a dwarf cock is no more (laughs) recoculous than wanting an elephant tusk, a rhino horn, a bear pancreas, or perhaps a a relevantly uh, tigerish cock. I don't think a cock merchant would be traveling (laughs) profession, though. This seems like something that would need to be sold in a secure office. I think the idea of a cock merchant is way more likely than King's Landing, Delta Force, and Sand Fox Force 5 both making their moves at the same time. (laughs) Another not big fan of the
0: synchronicity of the... People may have misunderstood me. I don't have a problem with... The idea of a cock merchant. It's a very funny concept. (laughs) I just have... It is a ridiculous concept at the same time. That's why I think it's funny. A recoculous concept. Recoculous, yep. Uh, Aaron McPee said, I'm
1: becoming increasingly convinced that Cersei's making a big mistake working with the High Sparrow. She's pissed off the Tyrells, but even worse, she's giving them the means to get revenge. After all, all the Queen of Thorns has to do is tell the High Sparrow that King Tommen is a product of incest and not the true king, and they'll be turned against Cersei. What proof does she have? Good question. Of course, she still has to get Marjorie and Loras out of prison, and there is a Kingsguard to worry about. Perhaps Lady Olenna can use that threat to compel Cersei to cooperate. That's the thing. What is the proof? Their blonde hair.
0: I mean, Cersei's got blonde hair. My Littlefinger... Robert
1: Baratheon could have... Rob... Or Ned went the little Littlefinger with his accusations, so Littlefinger knows. Okay. Um, if, also... If they're working together as as we have speculated... Also, Ned sent out Ravens, or maybe no, it was just a Stannis, wasn't it? And then Stannis sent out Ravens, so that's kind of hearsay.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I. It's the proof. It's the, the because
0: they kept it very on the download. Yeah. There's no birthmark that is like, oh, on his inner thigh is a birthmark that says product of Jamie and Cersei. Right, like- <laughs> right. They
1: autographed it. Yeah, it's a J and C production. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Josh M. said, When Jaqen requ- invited Arya to Bravos in Season 2, he said, A girl has many names on her lips, names to offer up to the Red God. She could offer them all, one by one. He led her to believe that if she trained as a faceless man, she could use her skills to carry out her vendetta. Now that she's actually there, he says he must leave her old life behind and abandon everything made for Arya, that made her Arya Stark. Well, that death list is a big part of what made her Arya Stark. It looks to me like a classic bait-and-switch recruited her under false pretenses jack and lost a few points with me total dick move it's part of being faceless
0: he was just playing the face game with her he was she didn't know can you know. detect my lie no yeah, she
1: didn't know we need to train you yeah like i wonder that's a pretty funny concept like if that just continues <laughs> like when will you learn when uh, will you learn :lies to her in every turn uh Marlene from Portland said, Regarding of whether Jorah had contaminated Tyrion with grayscale, my thought is that the contagion would probably be spread by touching infected skin, or in Shireen's case, an object had been in contact with infected skin. Since the stone men's bodies are entirely covered with the disease, any touch from them would be uh instantly transmitted. Jorah's infection, however, is still contained in one small covered patch on his arm, so even though he touched Tyrion with his hands, I think it's unlikely that Tyrion will contract a disease from contact.
0: I Does hope that you're seem right. reasonable? Yeah, I mean, that seems reasonable to me. I really hope he's right. I don't want Tyrion to have grayscale. All right. Roger R. said, After
1: hearing your instant take and Aaron talking about how he's tired of Sans being a victim and asking when she's going to get a chance to stand up for herself, well, I don't think we'll get that chance. As a show watcher, I've dealt with many a book reader just smiling at me when events such as the Red Wedding and the killing of Ned and saying it's just Game of Thrones, man. Now (laughs) we're out of book reader knowledge, and on some storylines, I'm hearing from book readers that they about why they think Sansa should fight back. Who says that's ever going to happen? Sansa's been traumatized by what happened to her, and to her knowledge, her entire family has been killed. Pair that with Ramsay's torture techniques. She soon might be yet another person under Ramsay's uh, direct control. We have been fooled time and time again that something good is going to happen to the characters we like because we've been programmed by 95% of entertainment that stories have happy endings. Well, Game of Thrones is pitched to me by saying that doesn't play by normal rules. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Sansa story will end with her getting revenge against the Boltons, and if it does, it will come at such cost that it wasn't worth it. And when it happens, I will just smile and say, that's Game of Thrones.
0: That is a valid take. It's Game of Thrones, man. I mean, that's essentially you know, what I was saying before about yeah. <laughs> this kind of happening. And especially over
1: and over. from a show watcher, it must be... You know, pure schadenfreude to sit and see a book reader like, I can't believe this is happening because that's been their world for five seasons. And now, yeah, I can see why turnabout would be fair play on Mm -hmm. on there. And I there might be some of that element like book readers have been flexed this whole time. Like, you know, they're not letting their guard down about Ned and Rob and all those things. But when a haymaker flies out of nowhere, it uh, it stings.
0: What if that is actually George Martin's intention by not writing these next books? <laughs> <You think laughs> to protect the integrity much? of the television show? No, no, no. To fuck with the book readers who have been for so long fucking with the show watchers. Oh. <laughs> you think he's that diabolical? He's pretty diabolical. I mean, he he's the guy who wrote the character of Littlefinger. Come yeah. on. It's kind of funny. He
1: wrote a whole <laughs> big, long blog post this week about explaining like he did this last year too after the Cersei rape scene uh where he's like look the show's different from the books I think they, I think <laughs> disavowing the show no he's but he, he's yes but he also says I think the double d's are doing as best they can at at adapting this work and hmm. it's drifting ever ever further apart and he has confidence that they'll eventually come to the same conclusion but yeah he's basically stop bitching at me about what's going on in the show is not different from the books Yeah. Get off my lawn. I think that's fair, though. I'm trying to write a book. I I agree, too. I agree, too. Especially when we're talking about the subject of rape, it does seem like there's a lot of rape in The Song of Ice and Fire. Okay. But arguably, there's even more in the television show, and that's kind of weird. Uh, Jamie T., long-time listener. Mm -hmm. Disclaimer, I'm on Team Sansa, and I read the Sansa scenes last night. Totally different from you guys. She hasn't reverted to a weakling. In my opinion, she's taken Littlefinger's very good advice about laying low until she's coaxed all of them into a stupor, thinking she's a subservient weakling upon which she will slaughter them all. Their guard is now up, so when she was squeaky at the wedding and so forth, I was like, good girl, you look terrified. And of course she is terrified, but she's also pissed off and suppressing that anger takes strength. If I'm correct, many men under Bolton's command would rather rally to the Stark's call, but that would be messy and slow. She can take them all out clean. The rape scene was hard to watch, but I think it's important for two reasons. One, the zoom up on Theon's face shows that they're building to a revenge plot. Theon doesn't have the willpower like Sansa Mm -hmm. does, but this is getting him there. And two, it shows how strong Sansa has become. She's playing the long game in the face of great personal pain. Killing the Boltons is a noble thing in this fictional world. It's bigger than her own comfort. In the first season, Ned Stark was always trying to get her to see the big picture, but she only saw her own comfort, her own small wants. She's come a very long way. Do you agree with uh, Jamie's take here or do you disagree with her take?
0: Uh, I don't think I, I'm i prepared to disagree with it. I think uh, I see a lot of the, you know, influence of Littlefinger in the person that Sansa has become of late. Ever since Joffrey was killed, she's been traveling with him and getting a glimpse into kind of the heart of darkness with, with Littlefinger, figuring, figuring people out, figuring things out, learning to manipulate, um, Now, I took that earlier in the direction of, like, maybe this rape scene is the point where she says, you know what, I've had too much and I can't play along with this anymore. But I suppose it could also be what Jamie's saying it is, which is, you know, her being strong in a sort of strange way. Mm -hmm. Just the perseverance that she would have through all of this in order to exact revenge in the way that she wants it. I mean, I, I could see that. I suppose.
2: Yeah, there's a little it, parallels of there. the
0: Magi that uh, got burnt um, at the
1: end of that uh, You know, her thing was she, Danny quote unquote, rescued her from a, a, a rape gang. But she mm-hmm. did make that distinction. So she gained her trust and confidence and then fucked her over. Um, yeah. And later on, she got fucked in, uh, over in return. But yeah, I mean, I could see that. And again, I mean, future events can certainly change my mind about this thing. It's just hard for me to see now where Sansa getting one more black eye before she becomes the strong person is, was, was necessary to see.
0: Or, Are we considering uh, next time on stuff? Spoilers? I we usually do. Yeah. Okay. Because I saw a scene which explains a little bit about what's going to happen with this particular Well, you scenario. keep your spoiler whore mouth shut, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was right after Game of Thrones. I don't know how you missed it if you're not trying to.
1: Well, if you're watching on HBO Go or HBO Now, you have now. to actually do several clicks to get to that. No, no,
0: no. It continues to play. Really? Because Go yeah. does not. Behind the scenes now does. Huh. I, I don't know. Huh. If, I don't have Go anymore. So. That's interesting. But yeah, now it just goes right into like the behind the scenes stuff, the yeah. interviews, and like they show a little bit of pre- next time on. Well, see,
1: I used to watch it always on Go, and on the PlayStation 3 Viewer, you had to select it as a different yeah. menu option. Yeah.
0: PlayStation Four
1: unbelievably still does not have HBO Go. It's been almost two years since it's been released. Wh- so what? I'm back to record. I I'm back to fucking <laughs> recording Game of Thrones on my DVR like a fucking farmer. Wow, it's ridiculous. Wow, Ugh. Andrew, the Commissioner Mount says, I think it's tricky to say that this makes her character weak and a victim and that she has no agency. I don't think that a woman, or in this case, a young girl being sexually assaulted makes her weak. I don't think she's weak if she doesn't find a way to fight off and kill her attacker. In fact, I think there's been a larger machination by Littlefinger or an intervention. I'm sorry. In fact, I think had there been some larger machination by Littlefinger or an intervention by Theon the Saver, it might have robbed her character of some great moments further down the road. Sansa seemed weak and victimized in the past, not because bad things happened to her, but because of how passive she was forced to be afterward. In a weird way, her passivity has been her armor, too, but we haven't seen how this event will shape Sansa's character yet. Bad things happen to people in Westeros, whether they are strong people or not. Sansa's had just another Ned gets his head cut off moment, and we're going to have to wait and see if her reaction shows her agency and strength of character, or if she shrinks back and is swept along like she was in
0: King's Landing. See, I guess... I guess I'm, I'm leaning more towards your side of this where she has been so stagnant for so long because like, like you said earlier, she has, she has had a lot of impetus to be angry and strike out before. I, I still stand by what I said. She was a very different person then and she didn't really know how to go about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what, what Jamie and Andrew, this is Andrew's email, right? Yep. Uh, are not considering is what you said, which is it has just been so long where this girl has been shit on over and over and over again. Why would this necessarily change the equation?
1: Well, it's kind of like, so we criticize walking dead a lot because Rick gets in this thing where I got to be the leader. I don't want to be the leader. I need to be the leader. I don't want to be the lead. It's like just back and forth, flip flopping tread. Like nothing really changes significantly in his character. And we're, You know, it's one of the things we debate is like, is this going to be the turning point where he finally decides to do whatever? And we had that same debate about uh, Tyrese.
0: We had the same debate about Don Draper.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And like that is, it becomes, it's. some of that stuff can become really tiresome. And Mm -hmm. then you add something explosive like rape to it, then people get really fucking cranky about it. So like, I understand all the reactions and... Um, I'm weary of it, too, in the same way I was weary that, you know, Danny was shouting and screaming for
0: dragons all in season one or season two. So um, I think I think a lot of how you view Sansa depends on your perspective, uh, you know, in your own life. Sure. Like that's what a lot of cinema and television. Yeah. A lot of good stuff does. Yeah. Uh, You you bring kind of your own baggage to it. and You judge these characters based on that. And I think. That's fair. Like right. whatever whatever opinion you have on it, I think is fair until the story unfolds. You know, like whatever speculation you want to do is fine. Mm-hmm. Once the story unfolds, we can see whether we not whether or not we like it. Sure. Usanu
1: uh, a. Wrote in My prediction for this episode is that Littlefinger was not, in fact, dumb enough to leave Sansa by herself. I do believe he's installed a spy network of some sort in Winterfell to spy on <laughs> the Boltons for him, as well as to watch over Sansa. Hmm. I think that the same network is leading or responsible for whatever mysterious underground group in the North that keeps saying the North remembers. This includes the granny who told Sansa to light the candle to the broken tower if she ever needs help. All right. That would be interesting that we've actually, by debating whether Littlefinger is dumb enough about if if actually he's another step or two ahead of us and he has got this thing wired for sound and light, that would be kind of cool. It would be. Would yeah. it be too unbelievable? Would you? Okay. No, I, I, see,
0: I'm on board with the Littlefinger as the ultra capable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the grand chess master.
1: Like va- Varys and Littlefinger and to some extent Tywin, I would almost believe anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Joker from the Dark Knight levels of diabolical planner. Uh huh. He fell from St. Louis. All right, I lied. The game extends beyond Bond villains. Oh, he's giving us an update about the Bond casting. Okay. It extends beyond Bond villains to overall 007 characters. I completely forgot about this until the Queen of Thorns came back on screen this week's episode. Lady Elena Tyrell is, of course, played by Diana Rigg, who is the one and only wife of James Bond himself, Contessa. Teresa Di Vacinzo. In the movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh George Lazenby's one and only effort at being James Bond, aka the one that no one's seen agent 007. yeah <laughs> yeah agent 007 truly falls in love and ends up marrying the uh, uh this woman even though she's originally hated bond and ev- she eventually fell for him which makes the ending of the movie all the more depressing when just after <laughs> the wed- wedding literally as they're driving away in the car tracy bond is killed after being shot in the head in a drive-by shooting <laughs> spoiler alert from a 1969 movie jesus very game of thrones too yeah Ties it in there. Nah, I've never seen that one. We're uh, all bonded up in this this piece. Where's Pierce? When when we're we gonna see Pierce Bronson?
0: <laughs> uh, Pierce Bronson's gonna show up as in, in the fighting pits. Can we cast Sean Connery
1: as the Northern Lord? It, probably, yeah. Why not? He's he's, I mean, he's like eighty now, but sure. Well, I mean, there's lots of the old yeah, bear I... was not a spring chicken either. No, Walter Frey's looking pretty. Phrase, yeah
0: so yeah why not
1: lee vdb the name that just endlessly rhymes when will it take or what will it take for theon to snap out of it and pull and not put his own safety above the suffering he sees i know he's broken but when will he actually break good question is he actually going to i think he will i've I've thought
0: i've thought since the beginning of time that he's going to yeah um I I think it'll be soon. I think it'll be soon. I, I think this might have done it actually. Yeah, this might have done it for both him and Sansa.
1: Okay. It's interesting to give him. So it, that would be, I guess, a redemption arc for him. Yeah. But he needed a redemption arc because he fell from grace. Like you've seen heels turn to face and face turn to heel, but this would be a face heel face turn. Yeah. Really, really odd. I don't know if I'm aware of anything like that in, in fiction before, mm-hmm. uh, Joe, uh, Joe H says, Jorah now knows daddy Jorah is dead at the hands of the night's watch. When Jorah is given the sword long claw back to Jor and Jorah in turn gave the long claw sword to John, when Jorah sees John with long-call well, I imagine oh, Jorah no. will assume Jon took the sword after leading the revolt against Dior. Oh, no, no. Either way, Jorah's disdain for the Night's Watch will surely put him square in opposition to Jon Snow, don't you think? And then he'll have to fight Jorah, one of the fiercest fighters in the land. It is, that is an interesting thing, should they ever meet. Yeah, like, he found out that his father was killed... In a, yeah. in, in, in a mutiny by his own men yeah. and the lord commander now is swinging long claw around that will be a uh, <laughs> that that's bear baiting is What you call that
0: that's, yeah that's gonna be bad news for john i have a feeling
1: Rai Rai writes in and says i was just feverishly doing research on webmd to figure out this whole grayscale business (laughs) unfortunately no info whatsoever for some reason surprising i don't get it does grayscale do something to your brain aka the rage virus from 28 days later do the exiled grayscalers go mad over time from being exiled seems like do the banished become nihilist why would they go attacking a couple of wary boaters that float through valeria Second of all, Jorah has grayscale. That slaver guy is wailing him in the face. Does that guy now have grayscale? If you have a bad case of grayscale, are you then more contagious? Is there a more advanced version of grayscale called RGB? Did grayscale evolve from its predecessor, Jeez. Dot Matrix? Was well, the disease created <laughs> conspiratorially by Epson to rid Westeros of the technologically inclined? Yes I need to, answers. Yes to all of the above. <laughs> what do you uh... think? I mean, so... I feel like that they're positioning grayscale in the show to kind of be whatever they need it to be. Yeah. yeah. Um but then there's also a potential that they've only introduced grayscale so they could have the kind of cool action scene and have Jorah contract grayscale for some purpose. Hmm. But I don't I honestly don't have enough information to say exactly the particulars of the disease as far as it relates in the show.
0: Yeah, I think we're just discovering that. Um and you know, we speculated earlier about how it could be contagious. Yeah. So, all right, Joel
1: H. So Peter Baelish kicking off another convoluted plan, it seems. I've read some bloggers wonder just what the guy's plan is, like he has something meticulous and foolproof ready to go. But I think we've seen that that's really not how he operates. When he kicked things off, he didn't know how things would go in the wake of Jon Arryn's death. Just that having Lady or the Lysa so would send the letter to Catelyn blaming the Lannisters would create conflict between the two great houses. Later, after he claimed the dagger used in Bran's assassination attempt belonged to Tyrion, he knew that would stoke tension, but did not know exactly how. He could manipulate Ned with pieces of information about what Jon Arryn was investigating, but his main goal was to create chaos he could use to his advantage. If the show has taught us anything, it's that Baelish thrives on chaos. When things came to a head, he has a plan for whether Ned agreed to his terms or not. In this case, I feel that his current plan has two parts to it. One is taking advantage of the results of the battle up in Winterfell. If the Boltons beat Stannis' forces back, Baelish still has the force of the Vale he can bring against them. As he notes in one of the DVDs, Histories of the and Lore, the Vale set out in the War of the Five Kings and suffered none of the devastation the rest of the countryside did. Hmm. This isn't just a, a DVD commentary point. It's also explicit in the show. Lady R or Lady Lysa refused to take part and raise her banners for anybody yeah. because she was afraid for her weak ass son. It seems unlikely that the Boltons could withstand an attack from Stannis, Westeros' finest surviving military commander, and then another attack from the full strength of the Vale. I'm sure Baelish is counting on that. Once he defeats the Mm -hmm. Boltons, he can be seen as either Sansa's savior, assuming she's still alive, or if he's not, a hero to the north, destroying the family that betrayed the Starks. Either way, the north will probably be his. So, if Stannis defeats the Boltons, as Baelish predicts that he would, this brings up a different opportunity. Assuming Sansa vouches to Stannis for Baelish, we may have a united force, to the remaining, uh, united force of the remaining forces of the north, the full strength of the Vale, and Stannis' remaining forces ready to march south. Which brings us to the second part of the plan, the Tyrells. We know Olivar has been Baelish's man in the past, who works at his brothels and has fed him information, so it's possible his testimony is on Baelish's orders. If it leads to the executions of Loras and Margaery and Oliver, for that matter, tying up that loose end, you'll have a vengeful Lady Olena ready to strike at Cersei in any way she can. With Littlefinger's history concerning the Tyrells, first brokering the alliance that allowed the Tyrells and Lannisters to win the War of the Five Kings, and then later helping drive the conspiracy to assassinate Joffrey, Olenna may be willing to withdraw those soldiers' gold and wheat she mentioned to Cersei instead of throwing her support behind the new army coming from the north. The Lannisters would then be besieged in multiple... Fo- oh, excuse me. The Lannisters would then be besieged on multiple fronts, and you have to think that Baelish truly plans to rule everything, or if he truly plans to rule everything, he's going to have to take out the strongest house at some point. With Kevin withdrawing the Castle Rock and Cersei ruling as more vulnerable than it's ever been,
0: what do you think of this re- overall battle plan? You remember the scene where Littlefinger, Sansa, um, somebody else are watching Robin uh, practice sure. his sword fighting skills, and he gets a letter. He gets something. Um, now he takes off and I assume that was that the carriage was ready to go to Winterfell. When when did that happen in comparison to what Olivar has seen? Olivar, Oliver, whatever. I assume kind of contemporary. I mean. Like at the same time? Kind of, Like you yeah. think uh, Olivar would have had the opportunity to get word to Littlefinger about what's happening there?
1: Well, he did get that mysterious raven that they later strongly implied yeah. was a marriage proposal.
0: Yeah. But it could also have been, you know, something. We, we never see it, whereas we see a lot of these other yeah. notes. Yeah. That's why I'm I'm wondering what was actually on that paper. And he doesn't want Sansa to see it either. Now, I know that leads right into the marriage thing, but... Hmm. Right. Makes me wonder, because he would have to know what's going on here... And we haven't really seen that information get to him. yeah. So that would have to happen behind the scenes for, for him to be helping uh, take down Cersei. Or, or I'm sorry, take down the Tyrells. All right. Alicia D. wonders, or his comments, this episode led to a spirited
1: debate between my husband and I over who's the bigger psychopath, Joffrey or Ramsay? Wondering what you and Jim think. <laughs> uh, psychopath? I think Ramsay. It's interesting because it's like, We saw Ramsey is the seasoned pro and Joffrey was the talented rookie. Uh Uh-huh. So I I think that ultimately being the king, Joffrey could have been a bigger psychopath, but currently he didn't have enough time to fully develop his tastes. (laughs) And he was just experimenting Uh and like coming into his own. So like, yes, I would have to say Ramsey but with Joffrey, being... he was cut
0: down in his prime. Really, I mean, he's cut Joffrey. down in his prime. He, yeah. <laughs>
1: and he was, he, but he was more entitled, had more money and more power.
0: So I think he could further indulge his psychopathic tendencies. Okay, so may, maybe it's fair to say they're both a little psychopathic, but we saw a little more evidence that uh, Ramsey was better at it. Yeah, and I think Joff also could be charming, and I know Ramsey can be charming too, <laughs> but it's charm, not as yeah. good.
1: Like, Joff did a better, much better impressive I'm a king and I'm a prince and I'm...
0: I feel like Ramsay has a crazier eyes. Yes. Like, you look crazy into his face. eyes, you see crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Joffrey, you see kind of an insolent shit. Yeah. Who, who is power mad and... Hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Psychopathic in his own ways, I guess.
1: Interesting take on Littlefinger from Lily Stark. Uh, you guys have been discussing Littlefinger's exact motivation and where his loyalties lie, if he has any, with regards to Sansa. Mm-hmm. When we've debated whether he loves her or not, whether he loves Kat, etc. Um, I think you guys might have alluded to this in Instant Cast a bit, but I wanted you to mention another possible angle. Littlefinger really was in love with Kat, but she did not feel the same. He was not of noble birth. She saw him as just a boy, and she married Ned instead. This is described more in the books, but in the show, he, just, he describes this in a long sex position scene. Uh, to two whores who are furiously finger-fucking each other, so it's a little hard to remember the details. <laughs> anyway, perhaps Littlefinger's motivations are less informed by love and more informed by vindictiveness and revenge for the heartbreak and humiliation he suffered.
2: Mm. If not
1: a total explanation for his actions, it could explain his callousness if it turns out that he had sacrificed Sansa simply for his own personal gain. He loves to hate Catelyn. Fine line between love and hate, and sacrificing her daughter to the Boltons might is a... Is a Grievous insult. Yeah. So we could have this
0: all twisted up and that would be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the beginning when he thought this was the last remaining Stark.
1: Okay. Uh, Moving on to Barrett R has an updated Yelp review of Littlefinger's brothel. (laughs) Enjoyed the man-on-man delivery service, did not care for it when my customer service specialist testified against me in a theological (laughs) criminal trial in front of my grandma. (laughs) Foie gras was pretty good, but would not recommend. Sir Loris Tyrell. (laughs) Awesome. One star, would not not broth again, would not brothel again. Last email, Peter S., it seems to me there is one simple way to keep the ending as it was without selling your character out. While Ramsey was going to town, the camera should have stayed tight in on Sansa's face. Behind the tears, she's got a Catelyn-esque look of grim determination, all but saying, enjoy this while you can, motherfucker, because this is all part of the plan. A big part of the plan involves you waking up one morning soon with your nuts in your mouth. I think this would have fixed everything. Ramsey's still a piece of shit. Theon's still a sniveling wreck, but now Sansa has a certain amount of strength and dignity, even in the midst of the horror she's enduring. And we end on a more or less hopeful note, because now we know she's going to make sure Ramsay gets what's coming to him herself.
0: Just the nuts in his mouth, the cock's going to the cock merchant.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, too, that's a Come valuable on. commodity. Yeah, Winterfell has many, a many Lord's cock? fixes and upkeep that has to be done, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah but- no, I think... If- Flipping it from focus on Theon to focus on Sansa would have been more uncomfortable, yeah. uh, but this might, I don't know, it
0: might have worked better. Hard to say. Yeah, you could definitely shoot around uh, the full penetration, I'm sure. You could just shoot her face, like he suggests. Um, moving on, did you just work in an Always Sunny joke? I did, okay, yeah. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> I just
1: watched that episode last night, so i, I okay. Captain America, I I got that reference. <laughs> Uh, he continues, anyone intrigued by your idea of bald and chain should check out Vicious, a British sitcom uh, starring Sir Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobi as an elderly, constantly bickering gay couple. Hmm. The two of them are fantastic, as you'd expect, but Game of Thrones fans will be particularly interested in a handsome, naive young man they're constantly objectifying and perving on, played by our own Iwan Rion, Ramsay Snow himself, in a very different kind of role. I'm assuming not okay. as much flaying happens. Probably or maybe yeah. there's a lot of flaying in a metaphorical sense. I don't know. Huh. I'm suddenly right. super interested because I love Ian McKellen. Yeah, and this seems really, really something I'd be interested in seeing. Okay, <laughs> if you like, to send us some more email. Um, again, apologize if I didn't get to yours, but way too much. It's a it's a fire hose at this point. Uh, but I try I try to sift through and find the best, the first, the funniest. Uh, the unbent, the unbowed, the unbroken emails. And you can try to uh, sneak your way into our email systems water gardens, which are very lightly guarded by sending an email to Game of Thrones at BaldMove.com.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
1: stretched that out enough for no, you. No, no, no. I like it. Okay. It's good. And yeah. then uh, you can also con- uh, keep in touch with what we're doing on Facebook.com slash BaldMove and on Twitter at BaldMove. And check out our forums at forums.BaldMove.com. Because a really cool thing about there is we segment the discussion for each episode in spoilers and non-spoiler territory, and it's super fun. And I'm all up in that piece, commenting left, right, and center. Lots of lots of good and smart takes there, too.
0: I haven't even ventured into our own spoiler-free section you yet. You should not! Because... I'm scared. You should not. I'm scared of the
1: spoilers. That would that would be ironic. I finally take you off of the I listserv <laughs> for this for the emails, so you don't get spoiled, and then you just blunder into the spoiler marked thread on our what own website. That would be what bullshit. are you doing, Jim Jones? What are you doing? You some kind of sand snake,
0: f- fucking up things left and right? Yeah, I'm the one with the whip. You
1: all right? <laughs> the whippy snake.
0: <laughs> and that's it for the show. Thanks, everybody. We're going to be back. Uh, actually, you'll be back with the spoiler. And Cast. Friday it comes out Friday around noon on Friday, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Still um, hasn't met
1: the uh, still hasn't met the cutoff for that. So if you got a spoiler take or you want to suggest a tinfoil theory or whatever, getting uh, in soon though. Yeah, I did last Friday. Yeah. I did a show a show derived tinfoil that just flamed. It seemed like half of it
0: went down in flames this episode, but show derived tinfoil. Okay, yeah, something uh, that isn't in the books. Yeah, something that was ver- completely show speculation. Huh? Well, ah. Uh, No? Okay. I can't explain. I mean, what am I going to do? Tell you what I said? That's not going to work. You're not. All All right. right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Like I said, uh, Friday. And then, of course, we'll be back right after the episode on Sunday night. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.